and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Adam, I need a tiny bit more mic if I could. Uh, no, not headphones, but mic. Uh, show number 270 is here, and we uh, welcome back a couple of our cocktail experts, and uh, we're not going to talk cocktails. We're going to talk beer instead, which Absolutely. is which is pretty cool because one of the, uh, one of the things that all of my favorite cocktail bars have in common is a very well curated beer selection that makes a big difference it really does mm-hmm. because sometimes you just you know sometimes you want you know something outrageous and different in a cocktail sometimes you just want a really really good beer you know yep. simple beer yes. yeah yeah absolutely so uh so i'm thrilled that we're going to be uh, talking uh, Talking uh, not cocktails but beers today. Plus, we're going to tell you how to keep your suit fresh after smoking a cigar. Oh, nice. so this is good practical information uh, here on the show today. A uh, lot of things going on. We will be tasting now. These guys have brought beers. We did, and mm-hmm. uh, and so and I've already peeked at some of your selections, and they're awesome and interesting. So uh, excited about that. Plus, we had several that we had uh, that we had set aside for the show today. So we'll just taste a whole lot of different beers today. It's gonna be a very beer centric show. Be a very beer oriented show. <laughs> I like it. Uh, from Duclaw Brewing Company, and let me just say this. Occasionally, a beer earns purchase, or in this case, a spot on the show, by its name alone. I like Duclaw anyway. Well, Duclaw is, you know, that, that's a great name for a brewery. But when they released a, uh, a glittered sour ale called Unicorn Farts, mm. I'm like, <laughs> oh, good God. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You know? Uh, I got, you got to try that. It's either going to be disgusting right. or it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> it's one of the two, right? And either way, it's Unicorn Farts. It's, either way, it's Unicorn <laughs> Farts. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, Duclaw is a little bit uh, eclectic as a, as a brewery. They're out of Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, we'll be trying their... It's a glittered sour ale. So my understanding, and I haven't had this... My understanding is there's actual glitter in the beer. There's edible glitter. Yeah, edible glitter. This yeah. has happened before. Eureka Heights put one on a few years ago. That's right. I, I remember there's, that. There's a few others. Uh, ooh, I can't remember. There's been a few around here that have done glittery beers. I think Eighth Wonder did one. Yeah. If you think about it, glittered beer would be the perfect beer to serve at strip clubs. Because oh, wow. not only would your <laughs> then you beer... can blame it on the beer right. instead. Exactly, <laughs> you get home and she says, "Honey, what's all that glitter on your shirt? Where you been?" Uh, oh yeah, it was beer. the glittered beer. It was uh, the unicorn farts. Spilled a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's walking out here looking like they got glittered lip gloss on. <laughs> <laughs> From one of my very favorite breweries in the world, out of Brazard, Louisiana, Parish Brewing Company. I love those people. They just they're they're masters of their craft and their craft has uh, produced something called Brain Cake. It's a double IPA oh, that, we'll be, seen that, that we'll be tasting today. Yep, uh, brand new. And another very creative brewery, Oddside Ales, out of uh, Grand Haven, Michigan. We just had Hazel's Nuts a few weeks ago, and I'm still buying that when I find All it. Right, it's so, amazing. So we're going to see how this one stacks Sorry. up, because this one's, called, right now. <laughs> uh, this one's called Imperial Mayan, and it is a bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout, so... We'll be uh, we'll be excited about uh, excited about sampling all of that, plus uh, a couple of things to tell you about in the uh, world of cigars and cocktails. We'll have uh, and and spirits. We'll have uh, new cigars for you to watch for. Um, CI Cigars International, the big mail order mm-hmm. company, they've built several mega super cigar stores around uh, the country. Yeah, a friend of mine <laughs> lives up in the uh, uh, Dallas Fort Worth area. Sends me pictures every once in a while just to make me jealous. All right, well, it's apparently enormous. It's going to 
it's about to be a shorter drive for you because they're building a new one in San Antonio. Oh. So uh, we'll have a, a few details on that. Plus, as promised, how to keep your well, suit fresh. We're going to have to take your car since you have the convertible. Okay, so we enough. can smoke cigars on the way to go I, get cigars. The weather is so nice today. I had the top down on the way in. But I, I was going to uh, smoke a cigar, but I, you know, I, it's always that thing where it, the drive is too short and you, and you still got half of a great yeah, cigar. And yeah. you're like, oh, man. So uh, so I didn't light, uh, didn't light one up. But uh, anyway, uh, we'll tell you how to keep your suit fresh after smoking a cigar. And... Uh, the most popular segment on the program returns once again today, and that is something we call Drinking News. Now, normally I'd put a little uh, ukulele <clears throat> stinger in there, but right. um, I forgot my ukulele today. Well, so you know, it happens. We're going to resort to other methods. It happens. I, I figure, you know, no one continuously travels with a ukulele. So occasionally it's going to get left Occasionally at home. it happens. Yeah, yeah. So, well, fortunately, <laughs> one of our other cocktail experts on the show is also a, a creator of music from time to time. And Chris Morris has created a, a, a an opener for Drinking News for us that we've used a few times. We'll do that's that again amazing. today. Yeah, and it's worth pulling out <laughs> once in a while. Definitely, definitely worth it. So uh, we'll do that. And our Drinking News teaser headline today is Just Put Your Leaves Together and Blow. I have no idea what to say, say about that. Paraphrasing, who was that? Who was the actress that said, "Put your lips together and blow"? What was uh, was one of the famous like old time, like Mae West or somebody like that? Uh, uh, that uh, happened uh, to be in a strip club. <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> probably was. So it's a paraphrase, obviously, uh, of that. So, so Peter Clifton is here. Peter, wow, uh, it's exciting to have you guys back on the show today. Thank you. And I'm uh, I'm so stoked about um, everything that is beginning to happen in the bar and restaurant world because people are beginning to go out again and Absolutely. it's uh, it's it's bringing the much needed life back into uh, back into the bar and restaurant experience but i i understand am i correct that ritual is no more is that true it is no more so uh something is rising out of the ashes of ritual is it not Absolutely. it's the korean barbecue joint that's rising out called mapo chong Say it again. Mapo Jung. Mapo Jung. So M A P O J E U N. Mapo Jung, and it's Mapo Korean Jung. barbecue. Korean barbecue. I love Korean yes. barbecue. It's just it's, it's so flavorful. Wow. Well, I can't wait to come and try. It. Ritual was one of my absolute favorite restaurants in the city. So thank you. I'm uh, I'm I'm stoked to try what is new. Now, what about the bar? You still got. Uh, you still got the bar inside the Korean. No, restaurant? the uh, the ready room. Ready room. And, yeah. And this this guy's been. Yeah. Things are still jamming still, over there. It's still going. We're All still right. doing the appointments. Uh, we're booking out a week, week and a half out now for shows. We're doing That's Thursday's great. jam sessions, like still new cocktails every week. We're just going strong on it. That is so great. Yeah. And and is it the type of thing where I can just decide to go and get in, or has it gotten so busy I need to? Um, you know, I need on to... Wednesday and Thursday, you can just walk on in, especially yeah. on Thursdays from 830 to 1030. It's when we have a like for what we call locals, like, the jam off, like mm -hmm. musicians will show up and they'll just kind of interplace each go other. For that, man. Like yeah. face off against some. Uh, go face off. Some fellow yeah, man, musicians. Just bring your ukulele like and go hard. battle. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> ukulele battle. Do the awesome. ukulele, man. That would be awesome. There's something just wonderful about we'll the We'll put ukulele. unicorn parts on special. <laughs> that. There you go. <laughs> that'd be perfect. Well, that'd, be, that'd be perfect. And so you're still uh, concocting new uh, cocktails all the time, Absolutely. I would assume? Yeah, yeah we try to do so, them every week. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we'll, we'll let one or two slide for two weeks, just in case how popular they are, but we still try to keep it going strong. Well, that's awesome, because you had some of the most creative cocktails I've ever seen there. And I've been Thank to you. a few of these, like, you, you know, uh, 
upscale uh, uh, cocktail places where they, you know, only use guava juice that was fresh squeezed mm-hmm. in, you know, Brazil and and brought over in a, a, a on a bicycle, unmarked you know, plane, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, but but the. It's not necessarily how unique the ingredients are, uh, to me, as it, it is in how well everything comes together. In right, the what you do with it, yeah, the balance. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so you always had great stuff on the menu, and I have, haven't been back since before the pandemic, so I'm mm-hmm. overdue. We'll be uh, yes, please we'll, do. We'll be there to visit uh, very soon. Well, uh, for the second week in a row, and it works out great because we have such a beer-centric show today. I have brought a mystery beer. So I'm going to excuse myself for a moment. You guys can talk Why don't I yourself. go ahead and give my cigar review? Oh, that's perfect. While you're doing yeah. that, because everyone's going to be looking at me anyway. Right, or yeah. at the pictures of the cigar. Or at the pictures of the cigar, yeah. correct. So, so. Okay, good. Uh, so, Ian, did you smoke anything interesting this I week? I did. It's funny you uh, mentioned <laughs> Why that. Why don't you tell us about it? I wandered by uh, uh, the Casa de Monte Cristo this morning and, and wandered around through there. I did pick up an extra of the uh, 1835 uh, anniversary uh, because... Damn, that's a good because cigar. that's like the greatest cigar that's, of all time. Pretty amazing. Oh my god! And it's expensive, but I picked up another one anyway. Uh, but I also at the same time uh, wandered over to the Crown Heads uh, portion of uh, one of the shelves and found a J.D. Howard Reserve uh, Lancero. This is a six by forty-six. I haven't had this one before, uh, and I do love Crown Heads. Uh, I haven't found anything Crown Heads that I haven't really enjoyed. So. This one started off with uh, uh, Brazilian, uh, how do I say this? Arapaho? 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 No, it's a Brazilian uh, Arapirica. Arapirica? Arapirica? I'll go with it. Uh, Yeah, something like that, wrapper. A-R-A-P-I-R-I-C-A, Arapirica wrapper. The Sumatran binder and Nicaraguan filler. The appearance of the cigar, ruddy brown, kind of a kind of dark with some reddishness to it. Uh, very oily wrapper, pigtail cap, uh, rustic and lumpy is the best way I can say that the cigar looks. It's actually not a bad looking cigar, but it's not like your super sleek, super smooth looking cigar. And it looks interesting. Uh, inconsistent firmness all the way through there. It's a little weird uh, because uh, because of the lumpiness. Some there's some softer spots and some firmer spots. Um, the pre-light sniff on this, I got a lot of barnyard, a lot of sweet coffee and brownie at the foot of the cigar. Uh, the wrapper smelled just very barnyard, very um, very fragrant wrapper. The uh, pre-light draw on this, I used to clip. It had a medium draw on it, a little bit tight, but not too bad. I figured that might open up a little later in the cigar. Uh, I got some creamy, sweet coffee flavors on there, tangy leather on the lips, cedar and cinnamon, a little cayenne spice is definitely... A spiciness to this particular uh, cigar. So if you're uh, if you're if you're looking for uh, smooth and sweet with no spicy, this is not the cigar for you. I uh, I lit it up. I got an initial blast of pepper and spices, tangy leather, nuttiness. The retrohale on the initial light is very peppery and cedar, almost to the point of burning the nose hairs a little bit. Mm. It was pretty strong <laughs> retro hail. The first third of this, spicy pepper and spices with underlying uh, sweet brownie batter and nutty flavors. It was interesting because it's a very spicy cigar, but it has this underlying sweetness and and uh, and and, and uh, that brownie flavor all the way through there that was, was really, really nice. The um, other flavors that came through, coffee and mocha wrapped in a leather and fresh earth finished with cinnamon. Retrohale is warm, oaky notes, and pepper. 
pepper is a theme on this cigar. I'm getting that, yes. Uh, warm oaky notes and pepper. Solid ash, great burn. The second third of this, spices begin to blend into a spicy sweet brownie flavor surrounded by a cedar and leather. Coffee and cinnamon are background notes at this point, followed by a dark fruit kind of vibe. The retrohale <laughs> is big cedar with uh, pepper. That's surprising, right? <laughs> <laughs> and a hint of coffee. Uh, solid ash, great burn. The last third on this, spices have settled into a sweet, spicy, woody blend of all the aforementioned flavors. They didn't really develop in anything else. They just all kind of settled in. You know how, like, sometimes... Sometimes the uh, the lasagna is just better the second day. Oh, totally. You know, yeah, like because totally. they've all kind of blended it. Well, this is by the time you get to the last third of the cigar, all these flavors have coalesced into this wonderful thing. Uh, this is definitely a full strength cigar. Uh, it, it's probably in the earlier side of full strength rather than you know the bigger side of full strength. It's not like a chisel or one of those, but it's definitely full strength. Um, the uh, um, uh, oh, yeah, sorry there. Uh, Retro hail is cedar and mocha, backed by pepper and cinnamon, just like uh, just like a bit before. Still a hint of coffee. Solid ash, perfect burn. This cigar cost me nine dollars and twenty five cents. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's not a big cigar, but it's not exactly a small cigar, and it is a lancero, which tends to be a little more expensive a lot of times for that size. I think they're harder to roll. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they take a little more skill to roll. I enjoyed it. It smoked a long time. It smoked for uh, a little over an hour actually for a, for a six by. 46 cigar that's that's a pretty long smoke um it never uh never got too hot never got too cold those kind of things i gave it a solid five I, you get exactly what you're paying for with this and crown like heads it. does it again good job i like crown heads they're they're very consistent solid five just so you know is a good score as our uh scale goes from one to ten and five is you get exactly what you pay for now i will admit right. i have very basic cocktail skills and even less skills in the kitchen but Ian said something in that uh, in that little tasting review there that I thought would be a great idea. If I saw it on a menu at a restaurant, I would totally order it. Oh, absolutely. And that would be day-old lasagna or second-day <laughs> oh, lasagna. I thought you were going second brownie. Yeah, yeah. No, well, that too. But second-day lasagna. I, I thought be... sweet, spicy brownie. Uh, well, that, that's good too. I'd order that. <laughs> I just don't know how the health department would look on that. Oh, well, that's, that's true. Well, it wouldn't be that you left it sitting out for a day. You would, you would put it into the refrigerator, and then the next day you warm it up. But it is true, man. Lasagna is... Even a great lasagna is almost always better the next day, and mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. Um, well, it's just, just like gumbo; but the you flavors all marry. the flavors. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I guess that's I guess that's true. Well, gentlemen, I have poured each of you a sample of our mystery beer here, and I'm not going to tell you anything about it until we do some tasting and reveal our initial thoughts. And I have not tasted this, so it's a mystery to me as well. So it smells hoppy. Last, by the way, be glad you weren't here last week because last week's mystery beer. Was one of the worst things we've ever tasted. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, it so. was a soul chalada or chalada. I don't know whether you mm, whether you uh, give it a sh- or a cha, but uh, but yeah, it was just terrible. And the the uh, the thing that happened to it as it sat in the cup and warmed up is it bubbled over a little bit. We actually have a picture of it from last week. I don't know if that's something Adam can pull up easily it and post this or not. Reddish tint. It looked like a wound. It, it looked it looked like <laughs> you know what it looked like it was if you've made spaghetti and like then you you put water and uh, dish detergent into the pot 
to soak and left it in the uh, yeah. left it in the sink. It had that sort of reddish, sickly look to <laughs> the bubbles. Really it, That's it, what it I call it. And now lasagna. that we're fully appetized, second day lasagna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that we're fully appetized, so see. I'm just I'm just going by nose. I haven't tried this yet, but it is uh, incredibly hoppy and there's yeah. a dank, uh, a little this, sour note, a very mm-hmm. dank kind of thing going on on the end of it. Hmm. Now it's interesting on on the palate because I was expecting more hoppy and dank, and instead I'm getting uh, kind of like a, a, a baking uh, spice and uh, and a little bit of. Mm. I could be going on a limb, but I'm going to say mosaic or citra hops are going to be used in this. I very, could be going on a limb. Very no, possibly. It would be citra. It might be more yeah. on the mosaic. It, it has almost a tomatoey acidity. It could be because we were talking about the gelada <laughs> so much, but it has almost a <laughs> lasagna and geladas, boy. Lasagna and gelada beer. <laughs> It's got a different kind of hop bitter on the finish than uh, than like an IPA, but that could just be from the kind of hops. I, there's not a lot of flavor up front on this, mm-hmm. really. It kind of it kind of rolls back, and then there's like almost a hint, like like um, it waters out. Hey, here's a little bit of uh, malt, but not enough to really grab a hold of, and then it goes out into this citrusy. I get pepper. You get pepper. Yeah. So you're kind of making a face. Do you dislike it? It's right on the center of your tongue, like after it yes. dries out. I yes, think I like so it. You do or don't? I don't. Yeah. Don't. What about you guys? I mean, if it was around, you know, and the pandemic hit again, I'd drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm I got less this. choosy about beer during the pandemic. <laughs> on too, blind I tasting, I don't know that I'm liking this all that much. Yeah, I will say think? it needs to be more round. It just dies out at the. It becomes flabby and watery to me. Is right. this? Me, is this something that I've had many, many times? I don't think so. I don't think you've had this at all. Because it, it tastes. I'm not recognizing it. Uh, it was definitely new to me. Uh, what you guys just had is Carbox mm. Free and Easy Non-Alcoholic That's what it IPA. Is. Okay. So, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to do it as a mystery beer because I didn't want to tell you up front that it was alcohol-free. I get a little of the uh, pepper you were talking about on the tip of my tongue after we're done yeah. tasting that. And they that's probably from the hops itself. They call it a non-alcoholic malt beverage with natural flavors. Contains less than 0.5% alcohol by volume. Oh, I thought you were going to say less than 0.5% flavor. <laughs> <laughs> no, now, all right. So now that you know, now that you know it's a non-alcoholic beer, I wouldn't have that... it as a non-alcoholic beer. I, w- I would not have picked up on that uh but i the the flavor profile is just flat across the front a little washy kind of hint of malt well, and then non-alcoholic yeah. beers are a big growth segment in the industry right now in fact uh, from what i've been reading the Some the, the seltzer to pee the, the seltzer <laughs> thing has kind of leveled off it's still popular but it's leveled off and uh seltzer apparently kind of ate into the market share for cider quite a bit and beer Somewhat, uh, but now every every you, I think you're going to see almost every major brewery now releasing some kind of a non-alcoholic beer. And I've seen articles. In fact, I've got yeah. one we could even look at today if we want to. That's you know ten alcoholic beers that I think what's it called? Ten alcoholic beers that don't suck. What, hang on a second. Let me, uh, ten non-alcoholic beers as good as the real thing is the title of the article. So we might take a look at that too. But I I just I thought it'd be interesting to try. I I thought. Briefly about uh, putting together a show where we do a non-alcoholic beer blind taste test, 
But where's the fun in that? Yeah, yeah right. You know, that'd be, that'd be as like, long as we're chasing yeah. non-alcoholic beer with shots, we'd be just we'd be looking at the, that's where we're at. See if the placebo effect goes in hand. We'd be looking at the numbers for the show. It's like I don't know. I don't understand. Last week we had tons of listeners. This week it's like almost nobody. <laughs> you know. So anyway, uh, but but I thought it'd be fun to throw that in. I didn't think it was bad, and and in fact, knowing that it's a non-alcoholic beer, I actually like it better, simply because if I were in the position that. You know, I needed to be the designated driver or whatever. Mm. I mean, look, at least it has some flavor to it, which a lot of the non-alcoholic beers either have, I feel like, no flavor or they do have flavor and I really don't like it. I feel like that would have been better. It probably would have had a little bit more flavor if you just did a little bit more, like, like a dry hop, 15 minutes of something that's a little bit more mellow to kind of give you a little bit more of that aroma, a little mm-hmm. bit more of that flavor. Maybe it would be... A- a little bit better. I, it seems like uh, it seems like they're going for let's let's put some hops in there and make it so that like because I you know on the nose it's very hoppy, mm-hmm. very hoppy and right especially and on the nose dank on the yeah. nose. So at yeah. least at least you're getting like if you're uh, if you like hoppy ales that's something that might satisfy your non-alcoholic. Well, I would niche. I would put this challenge out to uh, those who are listening to the show because we have listeners from all over the country and all over the world who may have had a chance to sample something that's sort of local to there like this one this is Carbach. i'm guessing you probably can only get it in texas even uh, though they are available a little bit outside of texas they're primarily yeah, a few states outside of texas yeah, but, sure. but i'm i'm guessing that you're not gonna be able to find this in michigan so uh <laughs> so but but there might be other things like this bells make a good non-alcoholic beer for example it, yeah, it, I don't it, know. So if if you've tried one and liked it, wherever it came from, please let us know in the show notes or uh, or email us. So, all right, let's take a break. We got some serious beer tasting to do, and now that this one's out of the way, bring on the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. So now it's uh, easy and free time. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll jump into the uh, unicorn farts in the next uh, segment, and you guys uh, maybe want to suggest uh, one of the beers that you brought along to do in the uh, in the next segment as well. So all right. Uh, so our uh, our guests are here at show number two hundred and. And 70, and this is Smokin' and Toastin', all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We will be right back. Good things. Uh, I got Did you work on the radio Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting this program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And we are on show number two hundred and seventy. Which I don't know that's if you mentioned this. Yes, yeah. it certainly is. So that's pretty exciting. So uh, I mentioned Cigars International CI Superstore uh, coming to San Antonio. If you're, I know we have a lot of Texas uh, listeners, so I'll just mention that it's uh, opening in April of this year. So. Road trip, don't you think? Road trip. Yeah, let's do it. Let's plan it. Definitely in the convertible, so we can smoke cigars both ways. Both ways, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, in fact, I have a whole section in my uh, humidor now for uh, top-down cigars. You know, nice. not quite as you know, complex. not quite a lawnmower. N- not quite a lawnmower. Not quite as complex. Exactly. Okay. So that's uh, that. That's good. I have some Gilberto Olivas in there, and I have uh, a few of those. Uh, what are the ones? I know you. You the factory smokes. 
The factory smoke yeah, Maduro see, those are, those are is, is like my go-to lawnmower right great. now. Yeah. So uh, anyway, if you were in the Texas area, it might be worth a road trip to San Antonio, which is a uh, a pretty fun uh, pretty fun city to go to. Oh, and uh, wanted to mention this: we lost a great from the cigar industry uh, this week. Carlos Torano Sr. Uh, passed away, wow. and he uh, was one of those guys that you know learned how to. Uh, you know, learned how to roll cigars in Cuba, and then you know when when they left Cuba, came over and did did his thing, and really set up the Torano family and the Torano uh, uh, brand. And uh, he passed away at seventy eight years old. Mm. So the cigar industry lost a good one. I see you've turned the unicorn farts upside down. Yes. Well, I was reading on the side of this uh, can. It says uh, sparkles may settle. Swirl or gently invert before pouring. Okay, oh, he's trying to get the glitter going. Yeah, so I'm yeah. trying to make sure it's it's glittery for all. Uh, that sounds like a good plan. Won't you go ahead and open that baby up if you think uh, you're I ready? I don't want anyone to go. But he got more glitters than me. This is what it sounds like when unicorns fart. Apparently, unicorns is that fart. sound right there? So we'll, we'll be. Uh, I, I'm really. <laughs> that was almost a prince kind of thing. <laughs> that's that's right. what I was going with that. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but that's good. That's good. This is what it sounds like. And and almost as weird as when doves cry, right? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, doves cry when unicorns fart, man. Apparently so, <laughs> especially if the farts are really rank. So, thank you. All right, so I'm looking in. Uh, is there glitter in there? I don't know that I see any glitter. I, I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't, I don't see the, any either. I see a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Holding it up to the light, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, uh, all right, I got a flash of glitter. Let's see what it we might got. be glued at the bottom. Whoever could say, we're going to have to keep pouring until we get to the last. Okay, keep going. Bits of the uh, glitter. Let's see. I think you got one more to pour there right for it now. It definitely anyway. smells like, uh, it's like a sour unicorn urine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm unfamiliar with the scent of yeah, unicorn urine, here. so this will be. Mm. Does everyone have one already? I think so. I think yeah. so. I'm just going to keep pouring. I want to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> <laughs> no glitter. Oh, is that the last one? Are you seeing glitter? This does not get a five star at all. Reminds <laughs> me, by the way, of the uh, of that old uh, that old saying: "All that glitters is not unicorn farts." Uh, you know, I don't <laughs> I don't get a lot of glitter going on there. All right, I'm gonna taste it. I've been it, it definitely it's not got a strong aroma on the nose, but I do pick up a little hint of the fact that it's a sour. It's got a sour oh, wow. and a little fruity, pebbly kind. Oh, of I see the glitter nose to it. Do you? Yeah, it's there. Uh, he took his light to it. Oh, so yeah, if you shine the, the pen light in it, you see the glitter. It huh? only shows up mm. in uh, CD lighting. Is that what's going on here? Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Well, if you had this like in the bar, maybe you know, in the oh yeah, so, uh, so in the little light of the, the bar, or maybe in the reflection the of a neon, if you if it were that kind of a bar, you know, <laughs> Probably. just pull my little up. flashlight. Right. There you go. It's the show now. If you put the light right into it, you can see it reflected. It's very tiny glitters. This is not like you know if you're gonna. If you're going to bedazzle something, it's, it's not, not kindergarten. Kind of <laughs> okay, yeah, I see the little shiny specks. Now. You got to, you got to really kind of look for them. Yeah. Right? It, okay. Well, apparently the, you know, you're going to have a hard time, by the way, passing the glitter on your shirt post strip club off as being from this, because that's usually much, much bigger much. And, and more noticeable <laughs> glitter. <laughs> Unless you retrofit um, your house with some black lights or something. That's true. Here. That's true. That could be good. Uh, so, Ian, what's your first thought on this, taste wise? It's it's sour. It's not that interesting. It's a it's a more interesting name than flavor. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't think the flavor is that interesting. It's a little one dimensional. It tastes like. Well, 
I can pinpoint there's a, there's a predominant fruit flavor that's very familiar to me. Is it mango? When I was growing up, uh, my grandparents did this thing where they did uh, half orange juice, half guava. Uh-huh. And so you can taste the acidity of um, the guava. I get a little bit of tangerine. I get a little bit of citrus fruit to it. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like a blended flavor. So you're, you were kind of close with the mango, but more guava, in my opinion. I think you're right. I it's, get those two uh, fruits confused anyway. <laughs> I do too. I, it's not a bad flavor. Yeah. I just don't. I like the tang that it leaves on your tongue. That's, in fact, probably my favorite thing about it is the finish is kind of uh, kind of bright and, and shiny. Uh, it says, pony up for a taste of this glittered sour ale brewed with a trio of fruits, fruity cereal, and a swirl of edible glitter. Based on the flavor profile of the famous Unicorn Farts donut made but with fruity cereal, this beer is medium-bodied with big fruit notes, uh, slight tartness, plus a hint of malty biscuit. So does this have cereal in it as well? Yes. Mm. You can taste it. Yeah. I kind of get the cereal in I there. didn't know if it was from cereal or if they, right. they just arrived at some combination of flavors that made you think that. It's but it a, is kind of like a, a fruity breakfast cereal. A fantastical yeah. collaboration between Duclaw Brewing and Diablo Donuts. Oh, interesting. So there must um, be a Unicorn to. Farts Donut? Yeah, maybe? that's that's apparently the <laughs> Diablo Donuts makes a uh, donut that has... Uh, Fruity Pebbles or something. Speaking of speaking of Fruity Pebbles, you guys brought this, which is Made not with Fruity, fruity Pebbles, cereal. but it's Fruity Pellets. And I, I've had this, but I'm so excited that we're going to have it again because uh, I think that's an outstanding beer. And I didn't know if I was going to like it based on the name. The name kind of made me think, eh, I don't know, it's going to be too candy, too sweet, cereal sweet, or, yeah, uh, yeah. but I think it's fantastic. We'll get to that. I like this, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be something I would buy all the time. It's interesting to try. Talking about unicorn farts. Interesting yeah. to try. I think this would be popular with the ladies. It really would be. Yeah? I know a lot it's... of ladies that drink sours. And this at That's the very end, that, that biscuit flavor you were talking about kind of yeah. dries out the sweetness. So, I mean, for me, I find myself kind of taking another sip. Dude, if you mix that with a little bit of a wit beer, kind of do a half and half thing. Yeah? You can see that working, balancing out that tart. Yeah, you know, I kind of like that idea. It's not the tart, I think, that... that I'm not jabbing with it. The fruit is there. It's just kind of a... It's just not interesting to me. Like, I like a lot of sour beers. I like sour beers to linger a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like them to be sour. This, this well, to me, is kind of... of that sour Not very sour. It's just got a little snap of sour. It's got fruit, but it's not really memorable. I don't know. Add some champagne to it. the mimosa. Oh, uh, that's probably true. Yeah. That make it interesting, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. More bubbles and, and get, get that, you know, yeah, get that sort of uh, Sunday morning vibe going. I like that. <laughs> I do. Well, that it's was drinkable. Uh, it's drinkable. It's, it's not, uh, it's definitely worth trying. For a beer that Ian described as not that interesting, it's pretty interesting, if what's, you know what I'm trying to say. What's the price on that for a single can? I think there's a price tag $2. on it. $2.87 for a single can. That's not bad for a 16 ounce can. Not at all. Yeah. I, we when we did the uh, uh, Hazel's nuts, that was like uh, about six dollars for like a regular can. I wouldn't quite six, but it was like five bucks. No, it was more than that. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like more like forty nine or seven. Yeah. Seven dollars yeah. per can, yeah. but and, worth and worth every every penny and <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah, that that was a really good beer. Of all of the uh, darker beers we've tried across the last year or so on the show, that was definitely hands down the best. I think that we have tried. <laughs> uh, any comments coming Wiki in? Wiki Brian says. 
grown men bitching about not getting glitter. <laughs> what the hell happened? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Hey, mine didn't have enough glitter. Liliana, I'll have time. I'll have uh, uh, an answer for you probably by the end of today. Oh, okay. There she uh, she uh, she wants to come see uh, see me play at the tent that I'm playing at uh-huh. at the, uh, the uh, cook off next cool. week. Cool. I like it. I like it. Well, I think that uh, was an interesting experiment, if nothing else. And and certainly the name is going to get them sampled, right? Yes. yes. You know, you're you're going to have to buy and try at least yeah, one. Oh, yeah. So, so, and that was a, the, the, the artwork, by the way, is yeah. uh, pretty good. Can you turn that down just a little bit? So, well, I can, so you yeah, can there we it. go. There we go. Yep. Yeah, Unicorn Farts. The artwork is fantastic, however. Yeah. I've been noticing that a lot of people have been putting more money into the, the label, the artwork, mm-hmm. to get yeah. you to buy it. Well, it's... It's turned into a really interesting and different craft beer world out there. So you may have your favorite that you buy or your handful of favorites that you buy regularly, but everybody's always trying new things. There's so many things, even with us going through, you know, at least three beers a week on this show. Every time I walk into the D&Q or or Specs downtown, I look around at the beers and go, I, mean, I haven't tried that, I haven't tried that, I haven't tried that. Like, there's yeah. so much to try. So artwork is one of those ways to maybe get you to at least say, hmm, what's this? You. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. and let you read the label and find out something uh, about it. It's not like the old days when it was just like a brand logo you know, on, on the can. Um, uh, I did tell you about uh, when I was floating the river with, uh, with my brew club this last uh, this past time, uh, we had some... Some of our members from uh, the <clears throat> Denton area showed up, and we had their cooler next to us. And so I was like, hey, somebody grab me a beer. And they were like, what kind of beer do you want? I was like, I don't know, something beer-flavored. And so no lie, he reaches in without even looking, grabs a beer, and tosses it to me. And it was called Beer-Flavored Beer. <laughs> That's amazing. That was the actual nah. name of the beer, Beer-Flavored <laughs> Beer. Was it like back in the uh, 70s when you would go into the grocery store, the generic aisle, and they would the have the white can that beer. just said beer? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I never had one of those. I wonder what they tasted like. You know, <laughs> right. how bad, was it good? How bad was it? Oh, it was good beer, yeah. <laughs> beer-Flavored beer, flavored, beer. Yeah. That is so interesting. Um, was, I think it was flavored with natural beer flavors. Oh, there you go. All <laughs> organic. <laughs> speaking of, uh, speaking of uh, beers and brands, Ian and I were texting each other during the Super Bowl, uh, amazed at the Bud Light hard seltzer. Uh, yeah, the Bud Light seltzer ads. Just like, uh, right. they, they don't describe the flavor as good right. or bad or drinkable yeah. or anything. It's loud. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's loud. That's, how That's does that cool. taste? Loud. That is what they came up with. Yeah. Oh, those are the sodas. They're the new sodas. Oh, yeah. Right. They're the Bud Light hard sodas. Is oh, what, well, whatever it is. The, they which taste is the latest. Loud. Yeah, they're they're loud. Uh, and uh, Ian and I were texting back and forth, and, and I said, uh, uh, truth in advertising at all. Because he says, you know, legally they can't say it's good, apparently. Uh, and I said, well, I said, truth in advertising and all. And Ian texted back, I couldn't read your last text because my seltzer is too loud. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I just thought it was ridiculous. First of all, Bud Light is a top-selling but extremely mediocre beer. Uh, and I realize they've got brand identification with Bud Light. But Bud Light Seltzer is not a brand extension. It's not like Bud Light Lime, where it's like Bud Light beer with lime flavor added. It's a completely different product. It's not even a beer. It's a seltzer. And these hard sodas are the same same thing. Like, 
why do they need to call them Bud Light? Because, so they can sell them. But yeah. for someone like me, it has the opposite effect. I won't try it because I was like, well, I don't like Bud Light, so I'm not going to like that either. But you're not their target, uh, target, target That's guy. That's probably yeah. true. It's, it's a different demographics. It's probably true. The Dilly Dilly campaign didn't reach me. Yeah. <laughs> For the many. Yeah, yeah, well. All right, let's take a break, and we will come back and uh, and do some more beer sampling because we've got a number of beers to get through here. And, uh, well, this sounds like the kind of problem to have, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, it's smoking and toasting, and uh, we uh, also want to hear a little more about your uh, your new restaurant. Are you Are you open now? No, we are. We soft opened on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Awesome. So just soft. We open. just opened. We're not like trying to get loud about it. There's a few things that need to get fixed. Well, but, uh, uh, I understand. Yeah. Um, you can get some of that loud seltzer in there. There you go. No, we, we keep things at a minimum. <laughs> okay. But. All right. Very good. So we want to find out more about that, and we'll do some more beer tasting. It's smoking and toasting, and uh, oh yeah, uh, drinking news is coming up. You want to talk about? Yeah, that's right. So you, you should ask. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toastin'. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And uh, we're up to show number 270, and we're tasting lots of beers today. It's a, it's like a, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, it's kind of like a beer of palooza sort of. Beer of palooza. I hate when people add the word palooza to, th- there's only one palooza, it's Lollapalooza. Lala. Let's leave it that way, okay? I don't need your, you know, um, you know, uh, Sale a palooza for new cars or anything like that. That's just that's just dumb. Um, so uh, I tell you what's not dumb though is Stone uh, Brewing Company. Stone uh, and Deschutes. This is a this is a collab. Oh, it's a collab. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Stone and, and Deschutes. Have, it's called Let's had, Be Homies. Yeah, and I have had this before, and I can tell. And you. And the whole artwork is kind of a honeycomb with bees and flowers mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. Oh, and it's got it's got some some honey and hops on the nose, which is awesome. I have a question for you. Yes, did you have a cigar this week? Oh, I did. You want me to tell you? We hadn't talked about your no. You're you're absolutely right. I didn't uh, I didn't mention it. We got so busy with you know unicorn farts and and non alcoholic (laughs) beer. Um, I I did have a cigar this week that I want to talk about. It's the Don Pepin Garcia Original, the Blue Label. Uh, It's uh, the Invictos size, is what they call the Robusto, and uh, it is. Uh, again, it's one of those cigars. There's so many great cigars in the My Father line and things that have come out since the original that it's easy to forget about the original. It's kind of like the Rocky Patel vintage. You know, He's got so much great, cool right. stuff that's come out of it. It's easy to forget about how interesting and good those vintage the 90 uh, and the 92, and 92 yeah. are. So, uh, so I, thought I, would, uh, I thought I would give this one a try. Pepin Garcia started rolling cigars in Cuba when he was 12 years old. And like so many other master blenders, he wound up leaving Cuba. And by the early 2000s, he'd made his way to the U.S. and built the original My Father factory in Miami, Florida, uh, which is where the Don Pepin original is produced. So this is at country of origin. Not of the tobacco, but of the cigar itself is actually the U.S., which is pretty cool because mm-hmm. there's only a few uh, brands that have facilities in the United right. States where the cigars are made. Most of them are in, you know, the Dominican Republic or Nicaragua or mm-hmm. or uh, Honduras. Um, <clears throat> Pepin uses a Corojo Oscuro wrapper on the uh, original, which is kind of cinnamon brown and has a nice rich texture. Uh, I always thought of Oscuro as being a much darker uh, leaf, like a really Usually solid when black. you see it, it's very, very dark, yeah. Right, but this one's more like, it's it's like cinnamon brown color. Uh, it has a nice rich texture. The bind 
binder and filler are from Nicaragua. Very deep earth notes on the prelite, almost like you could smell the soil the tobacco mm-hmm. was grown in. It was just so rich and 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 interesting on the nose. Earthy. Bit of cedar as well and some other wood notes. I used a punch and lit the Robusto, and I was immediately rewarded with, oh, and hang on, because I, I, I kind of got something uh, ready for this, and and then I sort of forgot. So um, <laughs> let me just, just let me just stall for a moment and see what the heck I did with that. Uh, oh, it's going to be all the way at the bottom. Hang on. Uh, I, I put together a little uh, sound effect for what I'm about to tell you about this cigar. So, ready? And let's see. Here it is. Uh, so, um, as I was saying, I uh, used a punch. I lit up the Robusto and was immediately rewarded with... A Nicaraguan Pepper Blast. I was about to say pepper. <laughs> that's that's the new uh, that's the new sound effect. Uh, all right, Nicaragua challenge accepted. Blast. I'm gonna have to come up with something. Uh, you can come up with something better than that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you know, when when we first did the uh, drinking news theme song, he kept saying he was gonna write a drinking news theme song, and he kept saying, oh, "I need to write that. I need to write that." You know how I got him to finally do it? Uh, I started singing one of my own. Okay. <laughs> he wrote it real fast, real fast. And it's good, too. Uh, in any case, uh, he'll come up with a, an appropriate sound effect for us now for this. Yes, well, I'll have to come up with something. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Anyway, the Nicaraguan pepper blast died down, as they usually do. Uh, and I got that earthy vibe that I had noticed on the pre-light, along with a maple sweetness and plenty of spice. Uh, by the time I hit the second third, I was getting a little dark chocolate and a creaminess, with the spice still giving my tongue a little bit of the peppery, you know, sort of tingle. It was really, really a very pleasurable. Uh, smoke. There is plenty of punch to the original, as in strength, but it never got overwhelming or overpowering. The final third got actually even creamier, which I found interesting for such a spicy wow, yeah. uh, cigar, because you don't normally run into those two things uh, together in a spicier cigar. Um, construction was uh, excellent. There was also a little bit of date or raisin sweetness, which might explain the creamy vibe a little bit. Maybe it was a little of that sweetness on the tongue, um, even though there was plenty of spice. Uh, construction, as I said, was excellent. A kind of crooked burn, but it eventually corrected itself pretty well. Draw was perfect, and there was a large volume of fluffy, billowy smoke. Uh, it was definitely one of those uh, fill-the-room-with-smoke type of cigars, but I smoked it outside. Nice. Uh, anyway, very enjoyable cigar overall. Uh, it might be easy to overlook the original with all of the excellent newer blends from my father, but you shouldn't. It is the OG of my father's cigars, and it definitely earns its place in your humidor. Strength was medium to full, leaning just ever so slightly towards the full end of that spectrum. Uh, the original Invictus Robusto is an 8 to $9 cigar, Robusto size, totally worth it. Thumbs up, recommended, and a solid 5 price to quality. So we both... We both thought they hit exactly right in terms of, of uh, price and yeah. quality this week, both of the cigars. So Solid five. I enjoyed today. it. It's, and it really is true. When I go and look at the, my father's cigars, if I'm in the uh, humidor there at uh, Casa de Monte Cristo, I have a tendency to see that and go, oh, yeah, but then what else? And then I look towards the newer blends and newer things that have come out, and you'll miss out on a really good cigar if you do that. So, uh, <laughs> so I've so got a question for you both. Hey, what price range do you normally look for in a cigar? Like when you walk mm-hmm. up, obviously there are other factors, but what's your price range? Uh, so if I'm walking into a humidor, most of my cigar purchases are going to be between probably 7 and $12. If if I'm feeling like oh I want something you know 
a little special, like what I call a special occasion cigar, I might step up on the price from that. But I also, uh, I buy bundles of, we talked about it earlier, these factory smokes, and they come in depending on where you get it and uh, which which size you get. You can get them for less than $2 a cigar okay. bought in a bundle, and those are what I refer to as my lawnmowers. So um, if that answers your question, in general, if I'm going to go sit outside and enjoy a cigar and and you know not do much else and i'll pull out something in that middle price range if i'm just putzing around and you know i'm doing other stuff and i'm not sitting just having a cigar but i want to have a cigar that's when i have the cheaper less expensive sure Mm -hmm. Uh, for me i would say that um i i have a tendency to smoke most often actually in the six to eight dollar range but the caveat there is that I found a handful of different ones in that price range that I really like. And so those are the ones that I go to in that price range. If I walk into the cigar store to make a purchase and I'm looking for something that I think I'm going to like, but I haven't tried yet, I probably go a little higher. I'm probably in the, you know, eight to twelve dollar range because there are some six to eight dollar cigars that just aren't going to be that good. You know, mm-hmm. they'll be okay, but they're a little more one dimensional. So if I'm looking for something new and exciting to try, I definitely will spend a little more. But like go to every day, yeah, for me, for me, six to eight bucks. And there's some AJ Fernandez has some great cigars in that yeah. price range, and they're they're just as good. That Hoyo Black. Oh Ooh. man, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it's, so good. That's what you're talking about, right? You can get a, a Bella Artez, one of the. Uh, uh, not the Gorda, but one of the smaller sizes. You can get it for, that for right around seven bucks. It's a like, lot of the my father's cigars can come in right at that price. Too. Yep, yep, you're absolutely right. And so there's there's a lot that you can smoke in that price range that are uh, that are good. But if I'm going six to eight, I probably am going for something I know. Okay. And if I'm going uh, for something I don't know, I will uh, I will ratchet that up a little higher. So that's <laughs> that's where I come in. So while you guys were uh, talking about uh, uh, cigar prices. I took the first sip of this, and this is wonderful. This this it punches is. you mm-hmm. in the face with flavor. That's oh, for sure. Man. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, is, mm-hmm. that is a very stone thing. You expect that. This from is stone. stone and Deschutes. Is that yeah, right? Stone and Deschutes. Well, both. I mean, stone to me is probably one of the most um, respected breweries in the country. I mean, mm-hmm. people just you know, I, I don't think they've they've put out some beers that weren't my favorite, but they've never put out anything that I've tasted. That I didn't think was absolutely top quality. It just might right. not have been to my particular uh, palate. But m- most of everything I've tried of theirs, I think, is delicious. In fact, yeah. I, I just had just some of their straight up Stone IPA recently, and was reminded, kind of like the uh, uh, my uh, my father uh, Pepin Garcia original, reminded how good just that basic beer mm-hmm. is. It, Stone has been the pinnacle of West Coast IPA. Mm-hmm. They have like mm-hmm. for years. I mean, I think. You can almost just use that as the standard for West Coast IPA, uh, and when the when the craze for everyone just to make everything hoppier and hoppier and hoppier was out, Stone was doing that but still keeping it balanced. Yeah, and that yeah. says a lot. Right? It, they didn't they didn't just put hops in just so it would be bigger than everybody else's hops. No, they did it because they found a a balance that uh, and still made it bigger than everyone and, else's and they, hops. And they've also had you know <laughs> a loud. number. A number of non-IPAs. It's very loud beer. <laughs> yeah. They've also had another a number of non-IPAs that are just exceptional too. Mm. Arrogant Bastard yeah. is just a terrific beer, and there's so many other uh, things. We've had some of their stouts and uh, different things that they mm-hmm. release, but they are very IPA centric. And, 
and what I love about that is it feels like every couple of months they've got a new IPA mm-hmm. variety out, and it's Absolutely. awesome. So that this is, is awesome. called Let's Be Homies. B is spelled with two E's, of course. Hazy IPA. Uh, Hazy India Pale Ale brewed with honey. It says... Uh, I think it's <clears> blackberry <throat> honey and orange blossom. Nature is yeah. full of uh, great collaborations. Take plants and pollinators, for example, a symbiotic relationship that gives us fruits, vegetables, and, of course, honey. Although Stone and Deschutes have origins on near opposite ends of the West Coast, our backyards are brought together in this hazy IPA brewed with equal parts uh, blackberry honey mm-hmm. and uh, Oregon blackberry honey and California orange blossom honey, a yeah. craft beer cross-pollination, now available across the nation. Ooh, so, they so, did a yeah. rhyme in. Yeah. So Stone is, in, <laughs> Stone is in San Diego and Deschutes, I believe, is, is, they're in Oregon. Deschutes, Oregon, Portland? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, those are both West Coast, says, but hey, both extremely which, different kinds mm-hmm. of West Coast. Which yeah? the Deschutes, not to talk about, you know, Stone's classic, but Deschutes as well has been doing a great job oh, for I know. years. Their Black Butte Porter is oh, just Black Butte Porter is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, just absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, so when you guys are... Um, putting together when you're curating the beer for a restaurant uh, like you did for Ritual or for uh, something like the mm-hmm. Ready Room. Um, how often do you feel like it's important for that beer menu to change? Should it? Do you kind of lock so, in with what works and stay there for the most part? Or is it important that the next time I come in, there's something different on the menu? So, the what's, what's funny is, uh, we, so we do have a, a set list of beers, but they're all like Easy drinking, high lives, yinglings, yellow bellies, things of that right. nature. But we do have a weekly rotational beer list as well. So not just a yeah. rotational beer, but a rotational beer list. Yeah, yeah, we have about like six or seven that we rotate. We Love try to rotate it. every week, every two weeks. That's mm-hmm. that's good. So th- so every time I come in, there's going to be something, something different, different to try yeah. on the menu. We actually named it after a regular mm-hmm. of ours as well. Yeah, that's so. cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Awesome. I know uh, there's been a trend at a lot of restaurants and even some very very nice restaurants. To just kind of like get by with the to let the distributor decide what exactly. We're put oh on our oh show. yeah, okay. So you need an IPA, okay? Take Hopadillo, okay? So you need a uh, you know a, a, a you know a lager, take you know take uh, Love Street, you know or, or whatever. And I'm not and I'm not just knocking Carbach, but the problem, of course, with Carbach is that that's Anheuser Busch. And so you've got Anheuser Busch leaning, I think, there, on these restaurants. There are some politics, uh, yeah. yeah, exerting mm-hmm. some some influence, saying, "Well, if you will fill your crafty beers on the menu with stuff that we distribute, stuff that we own, uh, then you know we'll take care of you in other ways." And it's just not as interesting for the consumer. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Hopadillo, but. I, that's not what I'm looking for when I come to your restaurant to uh, to try uh, an interesting IPA. Which is going to bring to my point, answering your question, is yeah, that I think people's attention or people's uh, attention span is so short these days because, like you said, the, the market is flooded and saturated with so many different brands, so many different flavors. No one's loyal to one thing. Yeah, it may be hot for a couple of weeks, but that's going to be it. Yeah. It's, so, so, so you're saying that supports the idea of changing and rotating these things absolutely. around. It's just gotten yeah. a lot harder nowadays because it's hard to get stuff from distributors right now. If you think about it, like I'm old enough to actually remember this, your favorite beer used to be a little bit about what what sort of defined you. Like, were you a Bud guy or a Miller guy absolutely. or a Coors guy? You know, that that used to say something about you mm-hmm. the same way that you know, were you a Ford guy or a Chevy guy? Well, say would, trucks. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was, so I was a Shiner guy. 
See, but that's because you've always been, you know, a little bit outside the box on that stuff. And and now there's lots of people who say I'm a Shiner guy, but Shiner is, you know, they make great beer. They make some interesting beer. They make one of the better, you know, boxed, I think, that we've tried. But uh, but it's a almost a more mainstream thing. They've been around for long enough, and they're a little more well-known. So the people who are always looking for new and next yep. sometimes may overlook Shiner and I, go somewhere else. I, I will tell you, though, that if I walk into your restaurant and I'm looking at your beer list and I see stuff that I know that I like that I've had, and then I see something I haven't had, I'm probably going to order the something I haven't had mm-hmm. first. Absolutely. Depending I, on the price similar. range, right? Which is why I was asking you guys about what price range of cigars y'all smoke, because there's a pattern to that. And I was just curious. Um, if it's above a certain price point, no, people won't do that. That's interesting. I know um, that depends. If it's barrel-aged yes, or or yeah. there's something else uh, special about it. Because like, a lot of stouts can be very pricey. Stouts uh, porters, sure. uh, English ales, those kind of things. Well, just like if we it's were, something special and it comes in a tulip and it costs a few dollars more, I'm probably going to try that. Yeah. Let me just be honest. But we were we were talking <laughs> about that though, like with the Hazel's Nuts. It's like that's a more expensive beer, but it's worth every penny mm. because it's just that much of an experience right. when, when you get to try it. Um, I will say that I always judge a beer menu in a couple of ways. First, I look and see are there any beers on it that look interesting that I haven't tried. That's a big, big plus. big plus for me. The second thing I look at is, um, is there a variety of styles? Is there an IPA? Is there a porter or a stout? Is there, uh, is there even maybe something cool like a Scotch ale on there? Mm-hmm. Now, now, you, now you know somebody's working it, right? Mm-hmm, right. And then the next thing is uh, I will look and see, uh, does it have one of my like standing favorites? Does it have a Lone Pint Yellow Rose IPA on it? A or plan B. Something, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One, one, one that I know and respect the fact that that may be on there. And then lastly, if I'm striking out in all of, the, in all of those areas, I'm like, do they at least have Shiner Bach? Yeah, there's always you know? Shiner. <laughs> Shiner Bach. Or Sam Adams. Saved, or Sam, Sam Adams. Adams, yeah. Uh, Shiner Bach and Sam Adams have saved the those day for me. Those are the only two saving graces when you go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, see, I don't, <laughs> I don't... They have a huge list of beers. Yeah, I won't go uh, there because... Um, so, do, and and that that's the only two that they have that are they like have, worth buying. Here's See, why I'm, I'm a Yingling go. guy. <laughs> yeah. So they do have Yingling though, don't they? Uh, well, they probably never, have that. I haven't been to Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings in a minute. Two reasons that I won't go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, one, you just pointed it out. All those taps and only two decent beers. Yeah. And two, sticky floors. Mm. Yeah. The floors are floors. always uh, sticky in Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings. It's like a Denny's. It's like, what do they do? Do they, people drop the wings down there and they just kind of move them around with a mop? Like, <laughs> what's happening with that? You know, that's not good. Do you remember the, uh, the uh, blue iguana here in Houston? I do. It's been a long time. That was the stickiest, most <laughs> disgusting floor. Okay. If you used to play there all the time, and every time in, I walked in, like, you walk across the floor, and it's a good thing there was music playing because otherwise you'd hear. Your feet, you know, coming unstuck from the floor. I will say, though, if you're a dive bar. (laughs) And that was definitely a dive bar. You do get away with that a little more than if you're a Buffalo freaking Wild Wings. (laughs) Buffalo Buffalo Wild Wings, that's like the chilies of wing places. You know what I mean? I mean, nothing wrong with chilies. It's just, it it is what it is. It's a franchise. You're not going to impress a girl if you say, I'm taking you out for dinner. We're going to chilies. I mean, Uh, if you live in Liberty, that's the nice restaurant. uh, Well, okay. Point, point well made, but you know, you know what I'm saying though. Like your expectation, Chili's got fine food. Like I enjoy their burgers, but um, it's not it's not a place where you're expecting to go and get something, 
you know, really unusual or really, you're not expecting cuisine. Yeah, it's not an Applebee's for sure, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, but it is the place to go when you're when you're craving the Southwest chicken egg rolls. Yeah, see, there are things, that's what I'm saying. There are things that are that uh, that can make it worthwhile. All right, we, uh, we need to taste this beer because we're uh, running along in this segment here. Uh, this is Fruity Pellets. Uh, this is from. Is this? Uh, remind me the brewery. Ian, is it Great Heights? Did you get him one? Yes, yeah, Great Heights. Great Heights. Um, we got to have these guys come on the show. The Great Heights guys. They They're great doing great stuff, stuff lately. They really are. And this, did this maybe. Oh yeah. I did. This may be my favorite thing that I've tasted from them. It is just a. It's almost like drinking a. Um, what do they call those? What is it? The, the that drink? It's like an orange, orange Julius. Orange Julius. That's what I was. It's trying pretty to delicious. Of. Yeah. I have to tell you, this is this is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Our video seems to be slightly frozen. Mm, that's not good. Mm. Uh, I I will point out that we've had two IPAs back to back here that Ian has really liked, and Ian's not easy to impress with IPAs. I like almost everything. Yeah, IPA. this is but this Ian's is, much pickier. This IPA particular was. IPA I have to say is above and beyond and special. It says for us the the haze craze all started with fruit pellets. Uh wheat and flaked oats provide a soft creamy mouthfeel along with the style's uh, trademark haze. This is kind of weird to read cuz some of it you're reading down and some sideways mm -hmm. bizarre. Um a citra and mosaic and amarillo hops are added liberally after the boil, contributing to mass massive citrus and tropical aromas uh, without the traditional hop bitterness. This is this is uh, a masterpiece in hazy, I think. It really is. Like this mm -hmm. is this is about as good as a, as a hazy can get. It's just it's just absolutely fantastic. And so I'm so proud that that is a local. For us, yeah, they're going to put up. They're going to put up some competition to uh, Spindle Tap on yeah, the hazies. Yeah, and and even the, the guys at Ingenious too, who've got some really good hazies going. But uh, but no, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. But so often when you think of hazies, mm. you think of the handful of breweries around the country that are kind of known for that, and they have a tendency to be in places like you know Portland mm -hmm. and uh, Boston and you know uh, things like. So it's pretty awesome that we got a we got a Houston beer right here. I'd put toe to toe with any of those. Yeah, this absolutely. Is, this is pretty fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. I uh, love it and recommend it highly. And I haven't been to Great Heights. Have you been there? I have not. Uh, I have not. And I and we we not only need to go, we need to get them on the show because they've got uh, a lot of. I've seen a lot of different uh, uh, iterations of their beer on the shelf, and and I've, uh, we got to get them in here and try it. Brewed on Wakefield, isn't that where the old uh, what was it called? It was a bar over there. I don't, I don't remember. It was the Caddy Corner, and right down the road from the Caddy Corner was the. I've never lived in the Petrol Heights, Station. I, I think yeah, those yeah, are all right station. on Wakefield. where Walking Stick Brewery and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. There's so, kind of an area there where there's a bunch of breweries that you just like mm -hmm. park one place and walk from brewery to yeah. brewery. There, which is an awesome thing to do. I think do. maybe now that I think about it, maybe <laughs> I have been to Greater Heights. I have to look at a picture of the brewery. All right, we'll uh, we'll do that during the break, which we'll take right now, and we will be back at Smoking and Toasting. There's more beer to try. In fact, coming up in the next uh, segment, we'll be trying another IPA. This one, a double IPA called Brain Cake from Parish Brewing. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. This program is all about craft beer 
Fine Spirits and Hand Rolled Cigars. We're show number 270. And uh, some of our best cocktail friends have joined us to talk about beer, which is awesome. Uh, I like mixing it up like that. Absolutely. Uh, few things while well, Ian pours us some brain cake, which is from uh, Parish Brewing I Company. I showed up on IPA Day. One of my fa- You did. But, but <laughs> I think this may be the last one. But, uh, you know, we, we, you want to kind of put them all no, together. No, I have, a, I have a farmhouse, hazy oh, farmhouse oh, IPA right well, here, too. We'll, we'll do that next. So um, while he uh, pours the uh, the Parish Brewing uh what is it called again? Double cake? Brain cake. Brain cake. Thank you. It's a double IPA called Brain Cake. Uh, while Ian pours that out and gets it ready for us, uh, I'll give you a couple of cigars to watch for that are new on the scene. For more than two decades, General Cigar Company has released uh, limited annual runs of the Punch Rare Corojo series. And this year, they have resurrected a size that's meant to resemble a baseball bat. According to uh, company lore, the new Aristocrat from Punch is based on an old shape that was originally made for cigar-smoking sports legend Red Arbach and Art Rooney back when the Punch brand was owned by uh, Villazone and Company. Um, it's tapered like a Louisville slugger, and it measures six and an eighth inches long with a 54 ring gauge at its fattest point. It's $9.99 per cigar. It's limited, so uh, look for it at your favorite cigar shop. The CAO Arcana series, which uh, emphasizes unusual tobacco, is getting a new release, and it contains a tobacco that's been fermented through a really obscure method, being buried in the ground. That's how they fermented this tobacco. Uh, The new blend is called Firewalker, and the defining earth-fermented leaf is uh, found inside the filler from Nicaragua that's in the cigar. And according to the parent company, the filler is grown in the Mestepe region of Nicaragua. They assemble it into a pilon, and then they uh, bury it in the volcanic soil for two months. After that, it goes to the factory for uh, nine months of secondary fermentation. (laughs) Sounds interesting to try, right? I've never had, I think, a cigar where it's been fermented tobacco. Tobacco's been uh, fermented in the ground. So uh, they are set to retail for eleven ninety nine, and they'll come in twenty count boxes. Only five thousand boxes are being produced. And we've talked I'll before. Have to look for that. Yeah, we've talked before about the Diesel Sunday Gravy series. Yes. And uh, they are making their saucy return with the third release in the line. It is Rosa Marino. It's made in Nicaragua by. Let me guess. Yeah. <laughs> AJ. AJ Fernandez, yes. Uh, he made it for the Forge Cigar Company. Started in July uh, when Forge released its first uh, diesel Sunday Gravy San Marzano brand. Uh, then in October, this is last year, of course, uh, the Sunday Gravy uh, Pecorino made its way to market. And then uh, coming out on the 28th of this month, uh, according to Forged, the new one, the Sunday Gravy Rosa Marina, will be shipping to retailers. Uh, they say the name Rosa Marina is supposed to be a nod to the complexity that rosemary will lend to any dish. However, um, they do want you to know there's no dried rosemary in the cigar. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't try smoking rosemary. Yeah, yeah. Probably, will probably, not get you high. Probably not a good Was idea. Is it like 70s all yeah. over again? It's, <laughs> it's oregano, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep oregano in my sock, sock drawer. It keeps it smelling fresh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's uh, Nicaraguan tobacco. It's a Nicaraguan puro. And it is uh, only one size. It's a Toro that's 6 by 50 Sold in 10 packs and retails for four ninety nine per cigar. Wow. How about that? All right. Huh? Yeah. So that's worth trying, too. So a few new things to watch for. And now Ian has poured us some double cake. 
I have poured brain you brain cake. cake. Oh, see, I keep I keep doing that. Why do I keep doing that? Because it's a double IPA. Uh, okay. Yes, that's that's what it's got. So Parish, I'll say uh, I, they they have done no wrong in anything I've tasted. Everything that I've tasted from them has been an out of the park smash. Uh, Ian, I know you're gonna you, love this. I know you've tasted this already. What do you think? You're gonna love this. I already love it on the nose. Me, I probably won't buy it again. Yeah. Uh, so it's super mm. hoppy. I'm guessing. Mm. It's. I like it. It's hoppy. It's bitter. Ooh, bitter, baby. bitter. That's like, good. What are the IBUs on That's it? Really good. But it's also very like saucy. You know, it's IBUs. got. It's got a, a I nice... think it's because of this hop that they have on there. It oh. doesn't actually say the IBUs oh. on here. But... <laughs> I love the definition About a he pulled up. Is what I, guess. Uh, I love the <laughs> definition that Peter. All of the IBUs. <laughs> Um, Peter pulled up the uh, definition uh, or, or a, an article on Strata hops on the, on Google on his phone, and it says Strata is described as passion fruit meets pot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so back to the oregano. So thing. it says uh, it says double uh, double Strata, Citra, Cashmere, and um, double wheat. That's good. So That's really good. Very well done. It's it's got. It's got such a different, and I've, and I've had uh, other beers with Strata, but this one feels more balanced. Sometimes you get a beer with Strata, and you're like, "Oh wow, I can really taste that different hop," but uh, and and it has a little dankness to it. But here they've kind of balanced that dankness out with a creaminess, and it's really well. You talk about a well balanced IPA. What is this? A nine percenter? Uh, eight. Eight point four. Hmm. Hmm. Ian, show off that artwork uh, to one of the cameras because yeah, that's, real nice that's really impressive. I tell you what, the guys at Parish, I, I think this is one of the most underrated breweries in the country. They just keep hitting it out of the park. They are wonderful. It's got a, uh, an interesting, like a, a woman's face in double vision mm-hmm. kind of thing going on on there. It's kind of neat. I'm digging this. Wow. So this is a double wheat IPA. That's, that's Oh, different. this is a double wheat? Mm-hmm. Wow. This is incredibly interesting to taste. Um it's not something I'd reach for again. That's just a that's just a me thing. It's just well, good because that yeah. leaves more for me. You <laughs> yes. can refill my cup. <laughs> <Sure. and laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, this would definitely be something to drink that if I had nothing to do, right? I mean, right. For the rest of the day, this, right? Absolutely. This also could be influenced substantially. Like, uh, like I I could see this going with fish mm-hmm. or some kind of. Uh, some kind of like a, a lemon pepper flavored dish, those kind of things, and I bet it would actually enhance and go well with stuff like that. You I think know, anything shellfish would be great with this. Shellfish, yeah. yeah, and I would just say too, even though it is pretty hop forward, um, I don't think this would fight with a cigar. And I'm a, always looking for IPAs that I could drink and have a cigar. There's a there are some sweet, that I love that just would destroy a cigar. There's a sweet know? maltiness. It happens right as you swallow, and then just right at the very back of the palate, and then goes away. That's actually really nice in this. Well, I got to I got to thank my wife for this one. She brought it home from H E B. She knows how much I love Parish, so she saw that it was Parish. She goes, oh, "I got to get this for him," and, and uh, I'm so glad she did. That's that's fantastic. That's really fantastic. Um, we we have another IPA that we're going to try, and this one's going to be something really different. This is the um, Hazy Farmhouse. India Pale Ale. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. I don't know that I've ever had a farmhouse IPA. Right. So I'm not even sure what classifies as a farmhouse IPA. But what's funny is when I was picking all these up at Premium Draft today at the in mm-hmm. the Heights, mm-hmm. uh, the the guy behind the counter, I, I forgot to get his name, but he was telling me that's one of the ones he's most excited about out really? of Oregon. He said, 
you can put it in the lines of Gesture King Brewery, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like farmhouse soury, but it doesn't taste sour whatsoever. Interesting. Yeah. Well, generally the farmhouse, the defining, you know, sort of a quality of farmhouse is that sort of dankness, that mm-hmm. so that uh, funky uh, flavor, which when they get it right, when it's balanced right, it's just exceptional. Absolutely. But I have had some that's like... You know, it's not bad, but it's just funky. Mm-hmm. It's not funky and great. Yeah. You know? and, so uh, this is brewed by Wolves and People is the brewery. Wolves and People. I like Wolves it. Wolves and People in uh, Newburgh, Oregon. I think that was the title of a, uh, a episode of Yellowstone for the season. <laughs> Wolves and People, I think. Uh, mm. And for those of you, like, I- I'm still trying to figure out, is Casey the is- wolf? Is the wolf Casey? I, I don't. I uh, somehow they lost me on that part, but I still enjoyed watching. Very bubbly. I haven't yeah. been watching it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's worthwhile. It's kind of like, like the Sopranos in Montana. Never watched like, the Sopranos. Oh man, I know. You got, right? some, you got listen, some catching up to do. Listen, Joe Pesci ruined it for me. Have you uh, watched The Wire? No, dude. Is that everybody? Breaking Bad. That's everybody. That's yeah. everybody. Breaking uh, Bad? Breaking Bad I have. Okay. You are now okay. naming all the Ooh. shows that I've never watched. Oh, Ian, you gotta, I, I, And I know you're not a big... <laughs> this is why we're on this side of the you're not a big. You're not a big TV watcher to begin I'm with. Not, I understand I have been. I have been... Uh, I do have some YouTube channels that I keep up with mm-hmm. and things like that, but mm-hmm. I don't watch that much. Mm-hmm. The, my, pro- my biggest problem is, like, uh, there's so many series out. Yeah. And once you get started in one, and then they never freaking end, I'm just like, okay, I'm done. And then the I'm second right. or third... Uh, um, season always sucks right so even if it gets better you have to you have to just second season hash through the second or okay. third season that's second really sucky third, of every one of them second and third season of breaking bad are phenomenally good all right so maybe there's an exception yeah but that thing went on for how long how like many seasons like, ever like, yeah no, it was like, like seven seven yeah, yeah seven seasons that's a lot I, of seasons. I think six to seven yeah. when you're doing that kind of a show that's got as many underlying stories and mm. things crisscrossing. This I think six smells. to seven's about right. Well, Funky I, and I ridiculous. Think usually by season three, you, they're man. building undertones. Give me an ending. Yes. Give, yeah. me, yes. give me an ending. Give me an ending. If, I, if, you, if you show me uh, uh, something that has like three seasons and it's done... Cobra Kai. As as long as I know there's a uh, as long as I know there's some kind of end game to it, it's kind of like those those massive online games. Like I, I played them for a little while and I realized there's no end, right. and then yeah, it's the not game, fun anymore. The game never like, ends. It right. just never ends. You, you never beat the game. Yeah, it's yeah. just a mouse wheel at that point. Yeah. And that, that's the way a lot of these a lot of these shows are for me. And then I just lose interest after a while. Okay, okay I've seen everything. See now that I've now gotten, there's aliens. Okay, whatever. Now that <laughs> like I've, I don't even care. Now that I've gotten into the some of these long running series though. Now when I go and watch a movie, it often feels like way too rushed. It feels like they tried to they had to jam so much stuff into the 2-hour movie mm-hmm. that it doesn't like it doesn't play well, out that's, as logically. That's because they jam so much stuff into the 2-hour movie that you have hardly any time to actually get what there is unless it's a tried and true one like for instance The Hobbit where they think to themselves, mm-hmm. "Man, we can make an amazing 2 to 3 hour movie." Well, yeah. But we can make 3 times the money if we expand it and make up a bunch of shit and turn it into 3 3 hour movies. Well, but actually that worked better because those <laughs> there's so much like you remember like the old like back in the 80s like Dune like I never read yes. the Dune novels, but that movie was incomprehensible. Like I, I, I watched I've, it. Several I've read times. the Dune novels many times, and yeah. that movie's still incomprehensible. Oh, well, okay, but <laughs> that but movie there, is just not a good but one. But there you go. Have you seen the new one? I have not. The new one, yes, and it's the first half. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's 
oddly good. I don't know okay. that it's fantastic, but it's oddly good. The and the visuals are, are really good. There, yeah. yeah, the visuals are really well, good. Well, it wouldn't have to go too much to be better than... But I don't know that it's... I mean, Dune is a complicated story, so you might read the book first. Uh, uh, th- th- I know you have book. Audible. Just they're, get the audio book. It's really books. good. Yeah, they're complicated books. All right, so you were about Ooh. to say there's some funk going on, weren't you? This like is this. funky, weird, Ooh. delicious smelling. It's like sour meats IPA. I like it. Yeah, it's. I haven't tasted it yet, but the nose on this. I do like the nose. Like I, I It has that farmhouse funk, which is almost a little off-putting, but then it's a little mm. sweeter smelling. That's nice. Mm-hmm. It's very bizarre. Mm. One of the things he said, too, at the uh, premium draft shop was that they use uh, natural yeast. So they don't buy their yeast. They use like local yeast when mm. they, when they this do this. This is so different and so fun. And so good. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like uh, I find it... I enjoy tasting farmhouse ales. I don't know that I really enjoyed drinking them. This, has, this is one I could actually enjoy drinking. This right, has you know? such a bizarre collection of things going on. So first off, it has that farmhouse slash hazy, that kind of big mouth feel that both of those styles have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's a delicacy, almost a champagne-like delicacy to the mm-hmm. to the flavor. Very you know, well described, yes. That's... Uh, I don't know how to describe it any other way than that. And then it's fruity. It's like a fruity farmhouse with a slight <laughs> bit of sour. This is one that Wiki Brian would actually freak out on, I think. Yeah. And yeah. then it's hoppy a little bit beyond that. So it's very bizarre. I, don't, I, I get a little bit of Saison impression on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but I Saison. like it. There's so I much like going on. There's so much going on. It's mm-hmm. like a really complex cigar, you know, when you're just picking up so many different things and they're all working together really well. That's kind of how I would describe this. So would this work well with a cigar? Mm, this is questionable because it's got such such a bitterness to it. This would probably to think of what Candela yeah. wrapper um, or uh, something that's very green and grassy would work with this. Um, I also wonder if you couldn't just go big. Like go with a big, like full diesel or Siri something, R and, or right, and and then just see like how it works. Like is the cigar strong enough to be able to stand up uh, with, against the interesting and funky taste you got going? And here? you might end up know. with a pitched battle of you, flavors. You, on you your might. Palate. It might not be too. It might be too much. You're right. You're right. But it would be worth trying. <laughs> <laughs> a pitched battle of. I think I would like to experience <laughs> a pitched battle of flavors on my palate. That sounds like that, if if you. Use that as the slogan for a new restaurant? You know, say, <laughs> oh, you know, it's like ritual two, a pitched battle of flavors on your palate. Bruce, I would totally Bruce, come at, uh, I, Bruce Stark is commenting on. Uh, I'd be Googling pitched. On yeah. our uh, book verse movie thing. He said oh, he's yeah? reading Battlefield Earth, which, by the way, is a great book. Oh, see, uh, yeah, I the can't. movie. I can't force Whitaker do so that. So bad. No, that, no that, that, that was John Travolta. So okay. it, yeah. the movie is so bad. Yeah, I, I watched the first minute and a half of that, and I was gone. Oh, yeah. but, but you watched the best see, part of it. But see, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't read L. Ron Hubbard. The guy was a, a loon. It's an absolute loon. I just. I mean, he I've, created I've a religion. Zero. Yeah, and look what religion it is. Tom Cruise is. Part of that religion. I can't take him seriously either. Did you ever see the Listen, movie? Anybody that can't see over the bar, I don't take. Did you ever seriously. see the movie? Uh, was it Bowfinger? Yeah, yep. yeah, with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, mm-hmm. when they're making fun of that, they had a religion called Mindhead. <laughs> <laughs> the only Scientologist I like is Beck. 
That's it. He's the only one. <laughs> He's the only one. Uh, but no, I I, uh, I I have a hard time with uh, I have a hard time with uh, L. Ron Hubbard stuff. But uh, but I will say he had a vivid imagination. This is a confusing beer, and I like it. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I'm I'm confused by it. And but and check in, out the price tag on that. Jumped by it. Yeah, I think that's the eight dollar. Oh, one. Woo. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a. So it's it it's also seven point six alcohol by volume. It's definitely worth it to try. Like, you Absolutely, know what I'm like it's definitely worth eight bucks to try that. I don't know this if this is be called up a El Verso. I mean, just so it. you know, I don't think we've even mentioned the name of it. It's called El Verso. The song is what it means. It is an ongoing ode showcasing our homeland, Oregon's uh, Willamette Valley, brewed with uh, select pale and wheat malts, juicy local white nectarines, raw raspberry. And blackberry honeys, rosy Pinot Noir grape juice from our uh, okay, I can friends taste down the road there, yeah, at Argyle yeah. Winery, a beguiling a mixture, uh, a beguiling mixed culture of yeast and bacteria, and finished off with a suite of both kiwi and local alpha mosaic Nelson uh, Savon and Muteka, Mutuka, M O T E U K A, Mutuka. Uh, I don't know how to say this. So, but, uh, so, but, it, but anyway, this uh, this anthem of uh, El Verso chimes brightly with the harmonious tones of home. Enjoy. So it's called El Verso. That's the El name Verso. of it. Didn't that sound like somebody trying to speak Spanish who really can't speak Spanish? Yes, it's that's like, that's yeah. Spanish for the <laughs> Verso. After los After los chorus, go back to El Verso. You know, <laughs> it's like okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> After uh, those chorus. Uh, all right. <laughs> so we're going to uh, take another break here. We've got uh, uh, in our final uh, segment coming. Well, it's not our final segment, our final major segment. Uh, we are going to try a couple of different things. I've got my eye on this that you guys brought and in. That's been warming up. Too, so that's this is the good. Scotch Ale called Highland Scoundrel. I love the artwork on that can. Yeah, it's amazing. It's pretty awesome. So we're going to try that, and we're also going to try this uh, <laughs> this Imperial Mayan bourbon barrel aged Imperial Stout from Odd Side Ales. And as if that weren't enough for a segment, it's going to be time for drinking news. Drinking news. It's coming up. <laughs> in Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting, my friends. It is episode number 270. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And I am proud to announce that some... Well, I, don't know, I don't know how proud I am of this or not. The, but we're, we're here now for the most uh, well-loved and most revered segment of the program. It's a little something we like to call Drinking News. There's a podcast all about cigars and booze.
Favorite Rajon Wade kind of feeling there. <laughs> yeah. I kind of dig it. My favorite part of that is Mama. I hope I don't mind if I'm drinking this. That's, that's what makes it for me. Uh, our good friend uh, Chris Morris, who we uh, uh, also have on the show to talk about cocktails from time to time. Uh, the you know it's great having Chris on. I just wish he had opinions. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. If he were, if he just felt passionately about something, uh, that would be awesome. So while Ian pours out our uh, our next beer. I have drinking news for you, and drinking news is our segment where we bring you a story that we do, in fact, believe to be true. Uh, we've uh, gathered it from at least something that is considered to be a legitimate uh, news source. So these don't come from the Onion, uh, but they are uh, they are from one or another uh, of of the various news sources around the country. They are sometimes about drinking, not always. But they are always probably best to consume and listen to if you've been drinking. And certainly uh, we have. So here we go. <clears throat> I've said this before on the show, and I will stand by my statement. I hate leaf blowers. Hate them. <laughs> I live downtown in a large urban city. I'm used to city noises. I really am. I mean, I actually don't mind the ambulance sirens that I hear all the time because I only live like seven or eight blocks from a hospital. Even the car horns and the train whistles, they're just background noise to me at this point. And little kids screaming at the, the top of their lungs in the park across the street, apparently that's what kids do. Uh, it took me a while to realize this because if I'd screamed at the top of my lungs in public when I was a little boy, my father would have responded by saying, you know, his oh-so-famous line, if you don't shut up, I'll give you something to scream about. But uh, even the noisy kids, like I understand, that's what happens when you live next door to a park, right? So the one thing, though, that I haven't ever been able to find peace with is leaf blowers. You know, maybe it's because they seem to stalk me. They turn up everywhere I go. And I'm not kidding. And they I, are, by nature, they, very noisy. Yes, they are. If I'm outdoors for more than 15 minutes during the day and it's not pouring rain, I will definitely be disturbed by the sound of a leaf blower from somewhere. And it's not like the damn things are doing any good. You just got some guy named Bubba kind of meandering around, gunning the motor and occasionally pointing it at a leaf. What a job. I mean, if I didn't hate the sound so much, I'd, I'd apply for that. Just wander around all day blowing leaves onto people's freshly washed cars. Sounds like a pretty relaxing gig. Again, if it weren't for the noise. But alas, I'm completely convinced that when leaf blowers are involved, no good can come from it. Take the news story last week about... A Florida woman. I just oh, love Jesus. that you put all that together. 
Just as a preface. Oh, yeah. Just to come to Florida. Story. We're getting there. <laughs> Just to get to a Florida woman. We're getting woman. there. Because a Florida woman <laughs> was involved in a leaf blower war with her neighbors yes. that ended up yes. with her going to jail. 66-year-old Kyung Moulton. When leaf blowers go bad. <laughs> <laughs> Kyung Moulton arrived home on Sunday and found a copious amount of leaves on her front lawn. They blow their top. Far too many <laughs> to be from her trees alone. Moulton told Palm Bay police that she believed that her neighbors from across the street had blown those leaves onto her yard, according to the arrest affidavit. So the woman did what any Florida woman would do. She got out her own leaf blower, the still BR series BR200, or it might have been the Trivac 12-amp electric 3-in-1 blower, mulcher, and yard vacuum. The report didn't specify. But anyway, she got out whatever the hell leaf blower she owns and proceeded to blow the leaves right back across the street into the yard of the neighbors that she was convinced had committed this leaf blower atrocity. Uh, the neighbor, as you might guess, came out to confront her along with his sister and their 87-year-old mother. And as often happens in Florida... A bit of a conflict broke out. <laughs> the neighbor's sister tried to help, and Ms. Moulton slapped her, which well, caused what? which yes. caused things to escalate Absolutely. like a scene from one of those Real Housewives shows. Which, by the way, don't we have enough of those shows now? I mean, seriously. We got Housewives <laughs> from Atlanta, from New Jersey, and Beverly Hills all clogging up our TVs. Not Florida. Do we really need this fall's debut of the Real Housewives of Poughkeepsie? But seriously. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we don't. Who the hell lives in Poughkeepsie anyway? Uh, meanwhile, back in Florida, the confrontation escalated. Moulton wound up stabbing the man's sister in the leg with a steak knife. Nice. <laughs> stabbing the man in the arm and pushing the 87-year-old grandmother to the ground. Although Excellent. she denies stabbing anyone with a knife, Kyung Moulton was arrested and charged with two counts of aggravated battery and one count of battery on a person 65 years of age or older, which is apparently a thing. Uh, it seems to me that the best solution to problems like these would be just to ban leaf blowers altogether. I know, I know. That means Bubba would have to get a different job where he might actually have to work, and it would mean you could never get those leaves off your lawn. The other way to do it, you could put a disclaimer in the warranty uh, or the booklet that, that came with the leaf blower. It said, stamp. caution, it may blow steak knife into other people. are <laughs> <laughs> off. But just as I was thinking well, that if we banned leaf blowers, you'd never get the leaves off your lawn. I thought, wait, there rake. just happens to be a handy invention made for exactly <laughs> this purpose. My dad taught me to use one at a very young age, and I became a leaf-clearing fool. It's called a rake. Thank you. Inexpensive, requires no gas, makes very little noise, and won't wake up your neighbors when you decide right. that 6.15 a.m. is the perfect down, time Turbo. to clean your yard. I've got two things on this, but go ahead. Uh, I have a lawn yeah. that I take care of. Yeah. And I get leaves on my lawn. Yeah. I mow over them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mulch. then they become tiny pieces that, of leaves. They get mulched up right into the lawn. Perfect. With the clippings and everything. The perfect. leaves that are on my driveway, they get blown onto the lawn. Before I drive over with the lawn one. Which gets mulched. Who the hell, like, blows off their whole yard? Yeah, exactly. Come on, people. It's just, I think people just enjoy yeah. taking this thing and aiming it at leaves. I, that's the only thing I can figure. Well, yeah. Uh, have you, you never hold, like, one of those, like, like power... Like stormtrooper or something. Those power blowers? But my question is this. Is this guy is so aggravated with, with leaf blowers, but why does he know the model numbers? Yeah. <laughs> 
of both of these types, and then because I do my research. Cruz, Cruz, Cruz my has research. a very specific set of skills. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now listen, if you take this revolutionary tool called the rake. And the people who live across the street from you leave their leaves in your yard like Mrs. Moulton assumed had been done to her, right? You can always just rake them right back across the street into their yard, and they probably won't even hear you do it, unlike if you used a leaf blower. But even if they do hear you and they want to make an issue out of it, I'm pretty sure a rake would also make a reasonably effective weapon if you need to battle an unarmed 87-year-old woman. Absolutely. Just saying. This sounds like a movie, by the way. Reporting live from the Sunshine State. They'll, they'll make it into three parts and make up a well, whole romantic section of it, too. Uh, that's right. Yeah, what was, <laughs> There'd be a romance. It didn't actually exist. Yeah. There was a movie with Will Ferrell and uh, I believe it was um, the football coach from the Chicago Bears back in the day. Mike um, Ditka. Yeah. Mike Ditka. Yeah. yeah, yeah Kicking was... and Screaming was the movie where he was blowing leaves into his neighbor's yard. And he's like, I got to do it. I just got to do it. That, that's what that reminds me of. Uh, see? There's something about, there's something about a leaf blower. That once you have that in your hands, you're encouraged. You, a, it just makes you want to annoy a question people. Question for you: If the tree is in your neighbor's yard mm -hmm. and the leaves fall on your yard, is it okay to blow them in, back into the neighbor's yard? Absolutely. Since it was from yeah. his tree. No, I just put a price tag on each leaf and build a neighbor. <laughs> and then you might wind up on drinking news. <laughs> okay, Ian, uh, we got so wrapped up in this conversation about leaf floors, which you know is something that I really struggle with, and I just like absent-mindedly picked this up and took a sip uh -huh. and went, mm. holy crap. So let's let's back up here. This is odd sides. Tell me the tell me the info on the beer can here. This is the Imperial Mayan. Okay. So what does it say this is Bourbon all about? Urban barrel aged Imperial Stout with coffee, cinnamon, nutmeg, and habaneros. Mm -hmm. Habanero. It's okay. like mole. Inspired mm -hmm. by Mexican hot chocolate, mm -hmm. it is carefully blended with Dutch chocolate, <laughs> coffee, cinnamon, nutmeg, and habaneros, which will leave you with the perfect balance of chocolate and heat. I'll tell you, just this last week, my wife and I went over and had a couple of happy hour drinks and some mole at um, uh, Zochi downtown. Yeah. And man, their mole good is good. Restaurant. And that is what this reminds mole me of. Mole is yeah. good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is what this reminds I, me of. I'm, uh, I don't care for it. Mm. So, uh, so very interesting. So tell me, tell me why. What is it about this that doesn't do it for you? I mean, I can make a better product than that. Oh, very interesting. So the so gauntlet what has been man. Thrown. Don't, be, don't be blowing leaves so, so, somebody. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what would you what would you do differently? How would you make it better? I mean, okay. So in, in my head, uh, okay, yes. I mean, it is delicious. It does have flavor to it, but. I, I, I made something at Ready Room where I made a non-alcoholic version of a stout, mm -hmm. and I put some mezcal into it, mm. and it was ten times better. It had more flavor. Like it was very it wasn't non-alcoholic once you put mezcal into it. Right. I yeah. mean, but I, once I brewed the beer and then I put everything together and carbonated oh. it, it was a mezcal. So, so you added mezcal to the yeah. beer. What would you call that? I had no idea. It's on my gallery. I forget. We made so much over, over yeah. the past over year. I just don't remember. How did, it, how did it go over? Did people like it? It sold out, I believe. Wow. Nice. So, um, so this reminds me of that, but I, I, I'm not a big fan of... I, I'm just not a big fan of it. Like, like Ian said, it's just not for me. I'm not saying it's bad. I love all of the, uh, the way that the flavors all kind of combine. I will say, as I continue to sip it, the one, the one thing I don't like about it is the habanero. Mm -hmm. I just I, like I just am not crazy am, about like hot that. in my beer. I am never a fan of I like hot food. Like 
that kind of heat spice in a drink in general. Mm-hmm. It just now it works sometimes, and it's not undrinkable. Like this tastes, this tastes fine. Uh, Eureka Heights makes one called uh, Mu Caliente, Mu Caliente, right? Which is also good, yeah, you know, and drinkable. But it's not something I reach for. I've had jalapeno infused vodkas and all kinds yeah. of stuff like that. And again, just in my drinks, and I love spicy food. And yeah, it's hard, me too. It's hard to make it too spicy for me. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a challenge, but I do love that level of spice. But in my drink, it's not my favorite thing. This, however, is pretty good. Um, uh, it's I wouldn't reach for it again just because of that, mm-hmm. but I certainly wouldn't turn it down because of that either. Well, I will say, you remember, though, sometimes when you put these spices, this heat spice into drinks, sometimes it's a disaster. Do you remember that Dos Equis Mexican Pale Ale? That we had oh, on the show. Yeah. That's one of the worst beers I've ever tasted. Which one was that? It's Dos Equis Mexican Pale Ale, mm. and it's brewed with peppers. Es, and it's horrible. To put it in the vernacular, yeah. es no bueno. <laughs> now, what you could do with this beer, though, is make a killer hot chocolate riff. Mm-hmm. I bet. Well, you know, so uh, No Label put out it. their Don Jalapeno. Do you guys remember that? Oh, I do remember the Don. Yeah. No Label? And, uh-huh. Yeah. And, I, and I bought a six-pack of that. Did you uh, like it? And no. Not really. I mean, it's it's an okay beer, but it's kind of like this. It's, it's like, like I just don't like that kind of spice in my beer. Um, it's a Don Jalapeno. But I will tell you, I made badass brats with it. Oh, yes. I was going to say cooking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it made cooking. badass brats. Yeah, I it bet good. it did. I bet it did. <laughs> or you just reduce this down and put it on the ice cream. No. Yeah. Ooh, I like that idea. Rocky yeah. Road. Yeah. yeah. I do. See, I'm, I'm a guy. My favorite kind of ice cream is just a really, really good vanilla. With something on top of it, mm-hmm. it can be just as simple as chocolate syrup, or maybe something like this would be. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been awesome. known to just pour whiskey on my ice cream. That would be good too. <laughs> and they, right. they even made didn't yeah, no, Ben and Jerry's or somebody do a whiskey ice cream? I wouldn't surprise. I me. think so. Yeah, a bourbon so, bourbon ice cream. I think. So so wrapping up this beer, uh, the only thing I don't like about it is is like spice. what you said is I don't like the spice the habanero aftertaste. Uh, I usually want something to drink after I have that spice stuck in my mouth from something I ate. But I think the spice would be inviting if it was a little more smoky, like if it was smokier. Like mm, it would maybe. add that another savory element to it. Think to like a, go, I don't mind it. Makes like a fuller, think full of the mezcal that you put yeah. in the uh, one that you made, right? Yeah. For my palate. Because there you've got the smokiness and the, the heat. But the heat isn't habanero heat. It's it's going to be more just the, the smoky heat of the... Uh, uh, of the mezcal, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I have to say, quality product, good flavors overall. But uh, again, spicy um, with the habanero. If you if you clearly, like that kind yeah, of spicy, clearly drink, some people really, really like that. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I would I would like this better without. I don't. That at all. I, I get the spice from the habanero. I don't get a distinctive habanero flavor. Agreed. Out of it uh, as well. There's like, just some heat there that some is of a them will heat. have. That. And also at the same time, it's not an obnoxious heat. No, it's not. It's it's actually kind of a nice warm. Kind of thing coming in, but um, but again, I'm just not a big fan of the heat in the. Uh... This would pair it great with a cigar, wouldn't it? Oh yes, it would. Especially on the lighter side, yeah. Something on, with a uh, Connecticut wrapper, light to medium cigar. Mm-hmm. This would go really, really nice with. So, Ian, we've got uh, one more to try, and it's this uh, beautifully labeled uh, can uh, <laughs> from the uh, fourth tap. The, the label on this co-op. can. Is I mean this can like when you stare into this label it's like a reflection of yourself yeah like it captures that? your soul you got to wonder bit. how they do that you know mm-hmm. I mean I think they were it's, going for well, brain cake on that one it's <laughs> pretty it's pretty amazing brain and, cake uh, double cake for those of you who just listen and don't um, 
<clears throat> don't uh, watch the show, then you'll just Gosh. never understand this label. Well, yeah. that that was actually on tap. Yeah, that was on so tap. So at Premium Draft, they have a canning oh, machine. Oh, so they, they can can something right off the so tap. They canned it. That's oh, okay. why the label's there. I'm gonna go visit those people. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's a nice small shop. Adam, what was the name of that place? You got me uh, some beer once from that. Uh, place that was over. It, they're closed now, but they had. It was all uh, taps and and growlers, mm-hmm. and you would just go in and tell them which one you wanted to. Once you bought a growler, I think you it was kept called it. growlers, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah. I think no. it was. That and, was that one on Wah, right? Yeah. And once you kept it, you would uh, you would bring it back, and they yeah, would fill they it. Would with, fill it. Yeah. I have quite next. the collection of growlers at my house. Do you? <laughs> Whatever happened to that place? Why did they go? To I, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I guess they weren't doing enough business. Oof. I don't know. Uh, but man, they had some. Interesting and awesome local and regional beers on tap there. I bet you they would have done well if that were right at the at the height of the pandemic. They would have done. Oh yeah, well. big time. Big Timing time. Timing is everything, right? Especially if you could pull there's up still, and do there's still like the a virtual on, tap, and they just hand it to you. you there's know? still mm-hmm. the one on uh, what's what's the one on um, Studewood or Studemont or whatever. That's premium draft. That's the premium that's draft. One, yeah. yeah, that's, that's the what one this we one went is, to. Right? Yeah. Those guys are so funny. I went in there. I had a keg and I needed a keg handle i need the pump and the handle right yeah so i went in there and i said hey man can i rent one of those and the guy in there i guess was confused and thought that i got my keg from them he's like no no those are free and he just hands it to me and he walks off and i was like <laughs> all right i'm not so i took it home <laughs> my new favorite spot <laughs> so i took it home and i used it for my party and i brought it back and this other guy was there and i was like um I'm pretty sure I accidentally got this for free, but I wanted to make sure you got it back. And he yells to the other guy in the place, like, hey, this guy brought this Stop back. giving away the <laughs> He goes, thank you for that. I was like, well, I, I appreciate you guys letting me borrow it. I, I don't so, mind uh, paying for it if you need me to. So I, I paid him the difference, but it was a funny moment. So can I get a free beer, you know? Just right. right. <laughs> yeah, since, I'm, yeah. since I'm such a good citizen. You, know, <laughs> you should just reach in the cool and grab one, but like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. uh, so, Ian, tell us uh, tell us what it says on the little card that was hanging. From so, this beer. on the can, it says, <laughs> "Hey, you know what? And then, this may be the first can we've had in a while what? that doesn't say uh, that doesn't have the according government warning." The according General. to the Surgeon General, yeah. <laughs> so, this is a uh, Fourth Tap Brewing uh, Co-op Highland Scoundrel is the name of this. It's a Scotch oh, Ale. I love style. it on the nose. Oh my goodness! It's good. So, Fourth Tap is actually out of uh, Austin. Mm. Um. Oh my God! So it's uh, the description on this one. It is, is a rich. malty beast. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. The rich malty ale with malt peated in house, dangerously strong and dangerously peated. delicious. Ten mm. percent ABV. Ten mm. percent uh, ABV. What was, IBUs? what was the ABV on that Mayan uh, 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 stout that we had? Does it say on there? It's an imperial. It's got to be around the ten. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Uh, got some heat to it. That's well, one. this. What? Almost no. No, doesn't say. Well, oh, eleven percent. Eleven percent. Okay. So, and this one you said is ten. Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh, you can tell it packs a punch though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it just it just has that feeling to it. You I know? love. You know you're drinking something. This is unapologetically oh, wow. rich and malty. Yeah, I and love you're a this malt, malt guy. You, yes. You, yeah, this is quite delicious quite delicious this is you know i'm so amazed at how many places i walk up to and ask for something malty and you'd figure you know and this has happened at like uh moon tower and other places that are renowned for like all the beers they have on tap and the first thing they say is well we have this ipa that's no okay 
I'm sorry, but malty is the exact opposite of what you just suggested. Yeah. So let me ask you this There's question. No M in IPA. At a <laughs> so I, I, that's one of those questions where if if I say I want something malty and you suggest an IPA, I completely and immediately lose all respect for your, yeah. your knowledge. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like, like you just we have Abadillo. Uh, so, <laughs> right. Uh, so let me ask you this: uh, at a place like the Ready Room, um, obviously your your customer is going to be a little more of an experimental drinker by nature, based on. Based on That's you know weird. what your cocktails, yeah. Yeah. you know not every one, but uh, but overall they're all for an experience. Overall, absolutely. yeah, people yeah. who are looking for something interesting and different, mm -hmm. you're the kind of place that they go, as opposed to the corner bar that you know the best, only interesting beer they have is Shatterbot. Right. So, in from with your clientele, and your bin, beer menu, what styles sell best? For beer? For beer. Yeah. I'd, I'd hate to say it, IPAs. Uh, oh, but surprisingly, though, with that. surprisingly, though, we've been getting a very big hit on just basic domestics. Just really? your ginglings, your high lifes. They've been really selling. Because beyond, uh, beyond that and beyond IPAs, what's next? Is it the darker beers, stouts, or porters? Is um, it, uh, stouts and porters have been selling when we had the freeze. Because when it gets mm. cold, people do tend to go mm -hmm. darker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but now people are actually gravitating towards more like pilsners and cultures. Pilsners and lagers yeah. have, have been very so uh, know, popular. With I will drink year. scotch ales, stouts, porters. I will drink those floating down the heat. river in 110 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, I know you will. Yeah, I don't care. You're that guy. Yeah, I'm the same <laughs> way, man. Yeah. That's why I picked that one up because I was looking for a Bellhaven. This one of my favorites. is beautiful. Uh, I like the Bellhaven, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is quite good. Uh, quite good. It's not just, your style. It, well, but it's a style I enjoy. It's not a style I drink regularly, but mm -hmm. it's a style I really enjoy. And it's, it's so great for me to be able to um, find my favorites in my style, in styles that aren't necessarily my go-to. I drink IPAs and Pilsners the most, but when I'm ready for a stout, when I'm ready for a, a Scotch Ale... I want to know. I want to drink one of the good ones. You know, you know one of the great ones. This you know? has so much bready kind of notes to it. Mm -hmm. Like it, this could have come out of a bakery. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like the shepherd's pie dough. Yeah, it's, it's very so good. good. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. Of course, the other thing about these beers is that because of the ABV, you can't necessarily sit and have these all evening. Well, you could, you know, but you'll end up on drunken only, news. Yeah, you could. <laughs> challenge accepted. That's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, this is really terrific. I, I think it's uh, very worthwhile. So this is one again that they have on tap there. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. But you said the brewery is from Austin. Is that from right? Austin? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. I would like. I would just like to point out, by the way, that uh, as a Houston. Texas resident. I was thrilled at the list that we looked at several weeks ago that talked about the great places to uh, uh, the great beer cities. Yeah. And that Houston was the Texas city that made that list. And I was That's so happy because I feel like we're often, and in this, I'm nothing against Austin. I love the town. I love the breweries. I love their, uh, their whole spirit. But um, I feel like Houston always gets overlooked because of Austin. I, I was thinking about that. I feel like Houston gets overlooked a little bit because when you look at the list of breweries in Houston, that's one list. But if you look in Houston area, that's a, a much larger because list. Yeah. Well, if there, you're looking at a list, if you're not in the greater Houston area, if you're not from Houston and you don't understand that Katy and Woodlands and Cypress and yeah. uh, 
and Bay area. even Pearland. Yeah, yeah, the Bay Area, Pearland, um, Galveston now too, right? Oh, some great yeah, yeah, in Missouri City, Sugarland, mm-hmm. all that is all just part of it. it really even is. though it's not technically, it's all just part of it. There's so much good stuff. But if happening. you're just looking at a list, you don't see all those mm-hmm. to understand that that's all encompassed in our area. I mean, we had no label on the show uh, here recently. They are putting out some. Excellent, excellent peers. Absolutely. I mean, and they're almost thought of, you know, it, it's they're almost like the next level past St. Arnold. Like St. Arnold is doing great work, but because they've been here for so long, mm-hmm. yeah. you often don't think of them the same way you think of, you know, the latest new thing. Right. They're, uh, they're, they're the standbys. Boy, yeah. boy yeah. are they doing great peers. Oh, you yeah. know? Uh, well, I'm a, I've been a big fan recently of Eleven Below. Man, they're just silent. Eleven Below's crushing it. it. They're killing it. Like they're yeah. be someone. Absolutely, uh, that's uh, a great honey wheat. They're uh, mm-hmm. they're uh, goat getter. That goat getter that is Bach. terrific. Have you had that? No, I haven't had the Bach. No. It's, a, it's a seasonal, so it's, it's not going to be around for a long time. It, it. Yeah, it's called Goat Getter. And it's uh, just, outstanding. I've got a red in there from 11 Below for you guys. Oh, so very after nice. the show, y'all feel free. Oh, nice. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, so speaking of after the show, it's getting very close to that time. We need to take a break. When we come back, not only will we wrap things up, but we also have got to get to what we promised, which is to tell you how to uh, how to keep your suit from smelling like cigars mm. after you've had... Uh, after you've had one. So uh, stand by. We'll give you those helpful tips and we'll say goodbye uh, in just a moment. All right. I'm curious about this suit tip. That is something that we can follow. Also, Bruce mentioned in Caddyshack, Bill Murray is the least lower clean Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, our program all about crappier, fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars. I found an interesting article in, in uh, on a website called InsideHook.com. And uh, the thing that caught my attention is it opens up, it's, it's about, uh, the headline is, Tips from Tailoring Professionals on How to Freshen Up Your Suit After a Cigar. And, of course, this could apply to, you know, n- not... Just not, a suit, right, right, but yeah, just if you're wearing a shirt and some slacks or jeans or whatever. I mean, a tracksuit uh, kind of is still well. a suit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you for thank you for it's pointing that out. Suit. Thank you for <laughs> pointing that out. Uh, the reason I was got so interested in this article is that the first line in it it says a recent visit to Stanza de Cigari, a frozen in time cigar bar in North in Boston's North End, brought back the forbidden pleasures of an indoor smoke. I love that place. I used to go there when I lived in Boston, nice. and it is totally frozen in time. It was it's like it was built back in the 50s and 60s and has not changed. And it's in the Italian uh neighborhood the North End in Boston and it's just like it's just you got to go there if you go to Boston because it's not like a tourist uh, attraction type of cigar bar. It's like a it's like an old world like cigar real bar. deal. And it's absolutely awesome. So anyway, I got interested in uh, in this because of that and the article talks about Dealing with a day after tobacco smell that can't be cured by a washing machine cycle can be enough to spoil the, spoil the fun sometimes of uh, smoking indoors. So um, he sought out uh, clothing professionals to tell him the best ways to get 
the smoke smell out of your uh, out of your clothes if you've been indoors. Smoking I mean, does it involve patchouli and a leaf blower? Because oh, that would be amazing. Not. Thankfully not. So you spoke to Paleo Materano, the founder of the uh, tailoring business in New York City, and uh, began. He said he began with the wisest course of, of action. To begin with, he says, "Don't smoke indoors." So okay, that that makes sense. But if you have and you need the you need help with this, he said, um, "My recommendation is to isolate the garment, remove it from the closet or wardrobe, and keep it somewhere where it can air out for you know like twenty four to forty eight hours." That's the first thing. In addition, he says, "Good old fashioned clothing brush." can work better than fancy aerosols or cleaning services. He said, hmm. brush the garment thoroughly upon returning home, and again before you put it back in the closet. I'd avoid spraying the garment with any scent masking chemicals and definitely avoid sending it to the cleaners. In general, he says, we tend to over-dry clean our garments, and it's often an unnecessary stress on the garment, especially in this case when the issue can be uh, effectively addressed with a simple airing out and some vigorous brushing. He also uh, says, you know, keep an eye out for ash and embers. Make sure you brush that stuff off if it's gotten there. And uh, he says, I've seen far too many instances when clients come to me with trousers that look like Swiss cheese. I'll say I do have, I do have a couple pairs of sweatpants with some nice burn holes in them from uh, <laughs> from, an, from a, a, a badly f- timed fallen ash. Um, he says, um, uh, I'm just looking for. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking for what he said about this. Uh, he said, hang your clothes in open air for at least 12 hours, uh, then uh, spray a product that I found some time ago in Milan, a deodorant safe for closets and therefore gentle. On clothes and other represent, uh, other recommendations. I will just say, in my experience, um, Febreze works pretty well. Like it really does. If you now, I've noticed this about my apartment. When you come in the front door of my apartment, there's a a, a coat rack sort of a, a line of five or six hooks mm-hmm. hanging right by the door, right to the left, and that's where I tend to hang up my hoodies that I wear if I'm outside smoking mm-hmm. uh, when it's cooler, right? So I've noticed that over time, when you walk in the door, the apartment smells a little like somebody's been smoking in there, but it's not from that. It's from those hoodies. From the there. hoodies, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, every every week or so, come by, just give them a good soft spray with Febreze, has completely eliminated that problem. And I've used Febreze before on suit jackets. Back when I was in the radio business, sometimes I would go out on my lunch break and like have something to eat and smoke a short cigar in the car uh, with the top down during lunch. And then I would always have a little bottle of Febreze and spray my jacket down before I went back in. That worked pretty well for me. So I know they're saying don't use the aerosol sprays, but I, I would still say my, the best results I've found have been with Febreze or, or store, store brand Febreze. I've just heard leaf blowers work as well, too. <laughs> yeah, you just you set up a little patchouli incense thing, uh, and the, you hang your suit behind it, and then you take a leaf blower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that'll work. <laughs> to me, patchouli, patchouli it's the is worst. It, patchouli makes a statement, oh, yeah. and that statement is, "I do not enjoy bathing." That's the mm. that's the statement that patchouli makes. <laughs> and I've, uh, uh, the first, I got a friend. I got to tell that to. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you know when I see the guy now, I can't imagine that he's still this way. But very early on in his career, I had the opportunity to interview Lenny Kravitz, and boy, did he have a seven or eight day 
case of B.O. <laughs> covered with a Rico. little patchouli going on. Mm. He was as nice as he could be, and he's incredibly talented. Well, I'll, yeah. give, I'll give everyone out there a tip. You know yeah. how uh, if you don't want mosquitoes on your body, you spray yourself with mosquito spray, right? Yeah. If you don't want me around, all it takes is patchouli. Yeah, you don't have to wear it. You can just put a. Yeah, just you can just put an incense or whatever like that. But man, I will like boomerang right I'm off. Totally, of that. I'm totally with you. It's like it's like burning a mosquito coil for Ian. Yes, and, and I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Uh, Peter and Cody, thank you guys so much for being on the show today. Oh, thanks thanks for having us. This has been an absolute blast, and you helped it was us cover all the tough, smart issues. Yeah, that's right. Like leaf blowers. <laughs> <laughs> now, but you know, it was really interesting doing beers with you guys because I I. I was expecting that we were going to do cocktails, and, and uh, so this is a really nice change-up. I, I enjoyed that. Um, tell us again the name of the new restaurant. Mapojong. Mapojong, and it's in the location where Ritual was, correct? Same location, yeah. Okay, so, so it's that's in the Wood at uh, White Oak. At White Oak, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then right across the parking lot is the Ready Room. Is the Ready Room, and, absolutely. Uh, it is a great place to go for interesting and diverse uh, cocktails. Cocktails, and, wine jazz, yeah. and and we've uh, established that the beer list is pretty strong too. Yeah, so. we yeah. try. Yeah, <laughs> just don't forget to make an appointment so, right? uh, on the weekends. Oh yeah, yes. so tell me about that. Can you? Are there times when you do need to make an appointment? Uh, yeah. So on the weekends we have our house band, which is Tribeca. Um, they we book so you people book their appointments on our website for mm-hmm. tables, bar seats, the right, whole nine. Right, right, right. We don't allow like inside like walking around. It's everyone's got a seat. Um, I would book out about a week, week and a half out because we okay. do get packed and it's a great time. People and, really do enjoy themselves. And during there. the week, like Tuesday, Wednesday, you, you walk, walk in. Wednesday, Thursday, good. it's a walk in yeah. thing. All Thursdays, right, cool. we have our jam sessions, walk in. It's fantastic. Love it. Well, you guys have done such a great job uh, over there. And uh, and again, I haven't been since before the pandemic, so mm-hmm. I'm overdue. Okay. And i got to try some Korean barbecue too because I love that. And we even so. taste some country music too, you know. <laughs> so, how is your country band going, Ian? Country band's going along nice. We're playing the rodeo uh, next week, actually. Are you so, really? Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And uh, we got a tent out there that we're playing, and I've got to get that information to Miss Liliana so she can come by and see me. So, what's your favorite? Uh, so, just for anyone who doesn't know this, uh, Ian's not necessarily got a background in country music. So, so much. you had to learn a lot of country songs to do this. I right? had to learn a ton. Uh, so, what's your favorite country song you guys play? I don't, you know, there Tulsa time's pretty fun. Ah, Tulsa time. It's also one of the absolute easiest ones to play, but that has nothing to do with it being my favorite. I, I think, just, I, I like some of the I classic probably, country stuff. I could probably pay, play bass uh, on We Tulsa do a John time. Pardee song called Heartache Medication. I kind of yeah. like that. It's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have actually a bunch of originals. My favorite's that my... My band plays is the original stuff, actually. Cool. So cool. That's, that's a lot of fun. All right. Well, thank you guys again for being here. This was a very fun show. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, the beers were just, I thought almost all of them were just absolutely sensational. And the ones that weren't were at least interesting. So, yes. uh, yeah. so that's that's all you can ask for, really. Absolutely. Uh, thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel. Thanks to Mary for putting the show together. Uh, coming up next week, right here on Smoking and Toasting, you won't have to go far because we have got a show for you. And I'm stalling because my calendar won't flip over to monthly year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jordan Davis will be joining us. He's with uh, Heaven's, Heaven's Door. Door yeah. yeah, that's Bob Dylan's whiskey. Mm-hmm. So we're nice. very, uh, very excited about that. And then Sean Anger with Fox and Seeker joins us the following week. Uh, Sean was I'm here, excited about if that. you remember, when we did the Great Martini Challenge, mm-hmm. which was uh, a lot of fun. And his company makes some really good vodka, some really good gin. And so I'm really excited to see what well, he's Well, we talked in store for on us. that show about uh, he was doing a barrel aged gin. And mm-hmm. I told him how much I like those. So he reached out to me uh, last month and said, hey, I got the barrel-aged gin ready. How can I get it to you? And I was like, 
by name. Let's do a show. Yeah, yeah. So come Love on. It. Uh, so Brandon Choate with Five Points Distilling is coming up on the 10th. Nice. And on the 17th, I, I, I'm hoping Adam's here because I know he's going out of town that day. But you're here for the show. Uh, on the 17th, we're going to do an Irish whiskey blind taste test. Nice. Because nice. the 17th uh, is St. Patrick's Day. So we're so doing what our a show perfect time. Yes. on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, we're doing a show on St. Patrick's Day. Irish whiskey and blind taste test. And I'm off on Friday. Uh, that's probably a good thing yep, since there you go. Thursday, Thursday will be a blind uh, We will blind be taste finding out Irish what whiskey. to do with a drunken sailor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for being here. Smoking and Toasting is uh, uh, coming to you every week. Uh, we do the show live at 1 o'clock on Thursdays, and we hope you will be here to enjoy it with us. Thank you. And uh, as we like to say here on the show, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. I don't know.